The following is a message for Ryan Kimmel. Ryan Kimmel, stay in your fucking lane. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And I guess welcome to episode two, the second Break the Glass episode. So if you're one of our normal listeners and you see this come across your podcast feed and you see where it says Radio Freest Van has posted a new podcast and you see like Break the Glass 2, let me explain what that means. That means that this episode has nothing to do with Horus Heresy or 30K. This episode is solely designed for whenever you're listening to your Horus Heresy circuit and you realize that you've completely run out of fucking uh podcasts and things to listen to you break the glass in case of emergency and this is that episode you get to listen to uh so you're you're pretty desperate right now i hope like i hope this is a a big desperation and not a uh uh not you cheating and just opening it on up because that'd be yeah they'll they'll be that but this (laughs) is like this is like you're out of podcast you've already rubbed one out you tried taking a nap it didn't work and, and this is all you got left. Well, now I know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> You're here because we like you. Like this is like this is the episode where like you get to like say all your cool shit. Bottom yeah. of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? We were recording. Was it episode 42 that we were recording right now? Kind of. Yeah. Michael's it, like it was us? Okay. Well, I'm trying to get so Tim on too. Oh, okay. Because I, I want you, I want me and Tim to talk to you about. CIA Mars, like that's what. Oh fuck, <laughs> Jesus, dude, that's so out far outside of our, my three foot circle. It's just out out of it. Anyway, so we were recording episode forty two, and we got to the list portion where we're going to break down lists. So I had a friend that had showed up that uh, I he I, he just bought a new house and I had to help him with some shit. And the episode took a long time. When you guys listen to it, you'll see it's a long episode. So essentially, we ran out of time, and uh, John showed up, and I said, well, let me get to this list portion, and we'll cut it off there so it's a natural cutoff point, and then we can just record later. And Michael was like, yeah, that's fine. So we cut it off there, and I went and did my errands, and I got back home, and I come home, and my wife's upset. She's bought a new iPhone, and she has her old iPhone and her new iPhone, and she's trying to transfer the SIM card or whatever. So she's deactivated one phone. And is trying to activate the other. So currently she has no phone. So apparently part of this activation thing is they're trying to send you this text message to activate something, but she doesn't have a phone activated to send the fucking text message to. Brilliant. So she's almost in tears, throwing a fit. And I'm trying to just avoid it. Like, you don't... It's not my not my problem. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is my wife mad at someone else that's not me. I, I don't feel like I should... You have nothing to offer her right now, right? Nope. Nope. And that's why I was I was telling these guys, I have the tech knowledge of a retarded cricket. So there's no reason, like, I can't help you with this problem. There's no reason to tell me about this problem. I have no clue. So I told her, I'm like, why this, don't you just is go? Is a shovel involved? Yes or no? No? I'm yeah, out. is a shovel? Yeah. Can I hit it with a hammer? All you, you know, can do right it, now is transfer that anger from, from something that is not you to you. That's all that could happen. That, yes. Yep. Yep. So, no. No, 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 no. So... She's really upset, and she just keeps getting more upset and more wound up. So I'm trying to help her out. So I'm just sitting there. I'm, like, hoping in my head. I'm, like, because I'd already contacted Michael, and I said, I'm done running my errands. We can record the second half of that episode whenever. And he's, like, oh, well, give me 25 minutes, half hour. So I'm literally in my head counting the seconds because I just want to be able, like, to have an excuse to leave the room. 
<laughs> while she's upset. So I'm just waiting, waiting for that call. So she finally gets to the point where I'm like, why don't you just go to a T-Mobile place? There's got to be one. But my wife is like super antisocial. She doesn't know someone. Like we always joke on the podcast that she's like Nell from the movie Nell, if you've ever seen it. Like the crazy girl that lives in the woods that like peeks out of the window of the house and like <laughs> won't talk to anyone. So she uh, she won't. She doesn't want to call him, doesn't want to go. So I'm like, that's all that I can recommend. So I've recommended that. So I'm just sitting there being quiet so I don't get yelled at. So <laughs> she finally gets to the point she's got to call him. So she's like, give me your phone. I got to call him. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, Michael could message me and she's going to be on the phone. I'm like, all right. Because I, you know, I was like, this, it's more important for me not to get killed than waiting on Michael's phone call. So absolutely, I, I give her the phone and she calls this lady and she's going back and forth with this lady. So they finally come to the determination that she's going to have to drive there. She can't do it. She has to go to the store, which is what I told her to begin with. And she just got more worked up over 25 minutes. So um, anyway, so she hangs up there and she's got to go. But now she has n- neither phone works. So she has no GPS or way to get there or to you know get directions or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Michael's going to call. It's like she's like, well, let's go. And I'm like, I can't go. I'm waiting on this podcast. And I could see her already getting mad like saying I'm not going to (laughs) go. So, um, right as we're like, we're talking about this, my phone dings and I go, see, that's Michael. That's Michael right there. That's him right there. I don't care who it is. That's Michael. (laughs) That's Michael. (laughs) No, no. I saved him as John. I saved him as John. That's That's his first name. Yeah. So she looks at the phone and it does say Michael. So I'm like, see, and then she's like, well, do you have a GPS? I'm like, no, I don't have one. So she starts getting worked up. I'm like, just take my phone, just take my phone and go. You can use it. I don't need it because we're going to do this podcast anyway. I, I can't be on the phone while we do the podcast. So she just takes the phone. So I'm like, problem solved. Fuck. I'm good to go. She'll Crisis come back. She'll be in a good mood. It'll be great. Come, you know, Q coming down here. Michael calls me. We get on it. We go to do it. And, I'm like, and we get through. We get to the list section. He's like, all right, let's do these lists. I go to get my phone because all the lists are on Quartermaster. Oh, man. Yeah, she has my phone. So... We were just sitting here staring at each other like two idiots because we can't record the podcast because the tool that we need to record it, my wife has. And I don't want to... We talked about like trying to call her and trying to get her to forward the the thing, but she's already in a bad mood. And I'm yeah, like, that, hey, that's Michael. That's a no-go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Michael, why don't you do this? And he's all like, nah, I don't think so. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, text my wife, tell her this is Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah that's no, what bro. i said no. he's all like nah i'm good i'm good so so that's where we're at so we were like well fuck it we're already recording we don't have any material to record because my phone's gone so while we're waiting on her to come back we're just like i'm like fuck it let's do a break the glass yes sir and that's where we're so at. yeah so for those of y'all listening y'all probably hear a third voice in the in the room right now yeah and uh just to let y'all know, it's going to be Jake Bussy, right? Bussy, not like Busey. Bussy. Bussy. That's right, like yeah. a school bus. I know it's Bussy. I was fucking... Did you hear the last episode? Me <laughs> no, I hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. I'll have okay. to. He keeps saying Bussy, and I keep correcting him to Busey because he doesn't know that I'm not being serious. Uh. And then, then he was getting mad and then calling you. like. So we went back and forth. I kept changing your name on him. I was like, you're fucking with him. him. You're fucking with me right now. I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. It's this. It's this. I swear. <laughs> I'm like, I just asked him, and he said it was this. He he spelled it out phonetically, and it's it's Busey. I, dude, I had to ask That's him. Awesome. I said, "Is it Busey?" And I had a picture of Gary Busey. I said, "Or is it Bussy?" Like little had school a, bus, yeah, school bus emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I wish you would have told me, and then I would have just sent back a picture of Gary. 
Gary Busey just to play along. Gary yeah. Busey on a bus. Blown his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bus with Busey sticking out the side of it. What? Yeah. Just like this. Don't ever ask me again. And then hangs I, up. <laughs> Tim's online. I see it says Corblulo is online. He said that uh, he said Michael is also going to be coming to his house pretty soon. So sounds Uh-oh. hot. So that means well, he's already there. They're the same person. That is he's true. just going to get a fucking mirror next to him and just talk to himself in the mirror right here on the podcast. So is I Horace like a weird, beautiful mind, Russell Crowe kind of that's thing? What I, that's what I say. That's what I say style. all the time. Because I've been on their podcast like two or three times, and every time it's just Tim. Michael's never around. Even when he's scheduled to be there, he's never there. It's always huh. something. He's like a fight club. Dude, that's totally. Yeah. So let's go ahead and I'll get him on as well. So <laughs> I wonder which one which one of them bangs uh, Helena Bonham Carter. I wonder if it's Tim or Michael. I mean, which I guess technically both, it's both, right? Yeah, it's both. But it's, I wonder which part of his mind it is. <laughs> I wonder if it's the Tim side or the Michael side. Like which know. which side which one's Brad Pitt? <laughs> if I had a the, choice of, side. <laughs> of being uh, Edward Norton or Brad Pitt, who wouldn't choose Brad Pitt? Absolutely. I William would. William Bradley Pitt. Who wouldn't choose William? God, he's so good in like everything <laughs> that he has ever done. Yeah, Legends of the Fall, bro. <sighs> I could watch. I could watch Brad Pitt kill Nazis all day in every single movie. <laughs> like literally, that could be the only thing that he's ever made. Like every movie from now on, which he has made quite a few. Yeah, is this Brad just, That's it. Just Brad Pitt killing Nazis. It's. I mean, you're talking millions of dollars. You're talking all kinds of awards. It's perfect. There's nothing better than Brad Pitt killing he's Nazis. Got a mantle. He's got a mantle of Oscars that he just yeah. fucking polishes. From like, see that one? That one I killed some Nazis. That one I killed some Nazis. That one I slept with a Nazi and then killed him. Oh, that's true. He did. Holy shit. <laughs> I forgot about that. His latest movie. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, man. Oh, spoiler alert. Brad oh. killing Nazis. Hey, Tim, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I've just been just been uh, going through the Facebook buy, swap, sell things. Just bought a giant scorpion. Pretty cool. New in Lister. $30. A brass scorpion? No, no, no. Like a Warhammer 80s. Fucking giant scorpion! Back from when they had like a oh. pastry in the wall book, in the in the books. Oh, okay, that? yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. thought you were talking about like a real scorpion, like like a ah no no no, got like plenty a, of those like over here, dude. The, tail, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they fucking they control some parts of like inland Australia scorpions. Um, but yeah, no, just buying some shit for uh, some uh, random encounters for our events coming up. Cool, nice. but anyway. But, are they, rad, are, they, are they from Ball? Are they rad scorpions? Like from the Blood Angel? Uh, they could be. Yeah, they could be. They could be. Could be a Katachan devil or something like that. But yeah, anyway. This is a, this is a break the glass episode. I don't want to like bore everybody with some 30k talk. Some boring yes. 30k talk. What's on your <laughs> What's on your hat, Jake? I can't see what's on your hat. It looks like a star, David. No, 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 no. The, uh... It's an A and a U. It's for Auburn University. Yeah, it's a. Ah, uh, okay. It's a college uh, college team. It's probably yeah. representing football since they don't like. I guess their basketball is okay, isn't it? Yeah, it's gotten better. They're actually uh, if they they've got a shot at. Uh, they're kind of on the bubble for the tournament right now. If they if they play well enough coming to the end of the season. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah Bruce Pearl's done uh, done some pretty good work down there. But they are not known as a. Uh, it's it's as a mostly basketball. known for football. 
Yeah, football, they've got uh, equestrian team, equestrian teams, and swimming and diving, and now uh, women's softball. I actually played in the World Series last year. Huh. Jesus. Yeah. You know your Auburn sports. I could have told right in. I've watched yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, actually, my cousin, my cousin was on the equestrian team, so I've got like a, a bunch of like I've got a, one of the student athlete backpacks that she got for me and stuff like that. Cool. Is it like um? Is it the kind of horse riding where they jump over like fucking? They, apples, yeah, they do both. Boxes, or steep, that's steep. That's steeplechase, right? That's steeplechase. It's something mm-hmm. they do. They do the one. All this is all I know about equestrian sports. They have a western division, which is what like, I'm yeah. familiar with, and then they have a wear an English saddle and then you wear like the brown pants and the little blazer and the little leather hat. Or oh whatever. yeah. Yeah. So the English yeah. one is proper, proper question. Right. Yeah. So the Western one is what? Like barrel racing. Yeah. That's my jumping over that... of dynamite that are being thrown at you from the back of a train. Um, <laughs> and then like jumping off like a building, like running upstairs and then jumping up a, up a, like a balcony onto another balcony and then riding inside and then scaring like a prostitute and then, like, shooting a dude with a pistol, that kind of thing. Absolutely. That's what I imagine. Every time. There's the, uh, the one that I like the best, the uh, equestrian that I like the best, is the one where they just, like, the horse basically dances, and they put on, like, fucking some bullshit music, and then the, da- the horse is like, fucking check these moves. These moves are so fresh. <laughs> and then <laughs> do, like... <laughs> I think that's yeah, Spanish shit. Like, that's, like, Span- Spanish horses. Yeah. The weird one is, they- is here in Tennessee, where the big horse thing is uh tennessee walking horses and they do these racking horses and they they squat their ass all the way almost on the ground and they just barely drag their back feet and then their front legs come like all the way out and it's like it's the stupidest looking thing that you've ever seen in your life and it's completely unnatural but these fucking dumbass hillbillies love it (laughs) just just throw in like just their oil money just yes so is is that like is that the equivalent of like a Putting hydraulics on a car, but you just train a horse to do yeah, that. Yeah, pretty much. Like, they've actually Peta and and the H Seuss and all those people have thrown enough fits finally to where uh, see because used to in order to get them to do what you wanted to do, you'd have to put weights. You'd have it, there's all kinds of different shoes you got to put on, and you'd have to put weights on their feet to train them to make them heavy all the time. So when you took them off, they'd over you know overdo their feet. But then you'd also put you would sore their feet with different chemicals and stuff, and actually make them make their feet hurt and sore and burn in order to get them to do what you wanted to do. And they've kind of, they call it foot soaring. And uh, mm. they've, they've kind of went away from that. What the fuck? Uh, like, it, as well as, like, just the uh, humanitarian side of that, or whatever. Animal, I mean, it's not, like, it's not like we're like, Mexico where we're fighting horses. I didn't know that was a thing. Did you guys know that it, yeah. there's horse fighting blood sport? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> they're into all sorts of animal fighting. But, uh, like, it just sounds like a lot of work, is what I wanted to say. Like, fucking, you got to train this horse. And, like... That's only useful if you want to ride a horse into someone's house. So you can imagine, like, um, that, that actually that is pretty useful. Because like usually, if you go and like fucking go to someone's homestead in the middle of the woods, you just got to ride around in your horse. But if you want to go inside their little fucking shit shack, you got to dismount. Whereas this dude's like, oh fucking hell no, just ride this fucking horse right through the door, and he gets down his belly, crawls <laughs> through the door. The problem is these, these horses are like, down, they're like they're enormous, yeah. so they won't even fit like through a dang door. I, I don't oh, know. It, it. It's weird because my. My family was all in the cowboy training, and so it's very it's Western style. It's you know you wear cowboy hats. Like growing up, whenever we'd go ride horses and we'd go to the horse shows, it was you know you put your Justins on, you put your Stetson on, <laughs> you've Stetson. got a you know butts button up you know stay a uh, collared shirt, a nudie, a, nudie, a nudie shirt, yeah, and you'd go. And we, when we moved to Tennessee, when we went Fruit to a horse pistol, show, 
I mean, you've got these rednecks, no, you know, no teeth in their head, just got out of their, you know, 1980s Chevy, you know, Chevy Silverado. And then they put on their English saddle and then they get all dressed up in their fucking blazer and shit. And they go out there and ride these dumbass horses. And it's like, how is that cool? Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And they ride around in a circle. And then everybody goes, ooh, ah. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot. We almost need to play Scott's fucking voicemail on this episode, too. No. Oh, we got to. God, no. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear it again, though. Wait till you guys hear this next episode. Oh, no. shitting in Afghanistan? He No, 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 no. It's way worse. It's worse than you can imagine, I'm pretty sure. And, really? and we can imagine a lot of bad things. And he even brings you up, Tim. Scott says... As Tim from Eye of Horse would say, Eye of Horse would say, this is a harrowing story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, harrowing tale. Oh, dude. It is out of control. If if fucking PETA thinks that uh, plastic fur on a model is bad, I hope they don't listen to this episode because we will never not stop getting mail from them. It is (laughs) the most horrendous thing I've ever heard in my life. I think my brain is scarred forever. Asking us to call scott find out who this guy is find out who his grandpa is because and i'm not gonna lie like michael was like i'm not sure we can play it and i was like because i hadn't heard it yet michael listened to it and he's like i'm not sure we should play it and i'm like well i've not heard it so i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to make the judgment call he's like no you need to listen and whatever and i'm like well i don't want to listen to it if we're gonna play it so I like run down a checklist of things in my head, like it can't be this or we can't play it. It can't be this. So we went through it, and I'm like, does it does it check any of those boxes? <laughs> what was what was the worst thing and you he, thought it could be? And, like, and he was like, he was like, no, it doesn't check any of those boxes. And I'm like, and I'm like trying to think of anything more. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it, we'll play it. So we just had to put a big disclaimer in to play it, and then we played it. And then after we played it, I'm thinking in my head, why the fuck did we play that? People are not, people are not going to be happy. So, well, anyway. So it's like on the episode. Yeah. So it's, it's not just like a fucking, my grandpa did a war crime during World War II. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, pretty close. Almost <laughs> oh, like, <exactly. okay. laughs> like worse, like this is worse than war crime. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. like there should have been like some nuremberg trial for this like atrocity this old man did yeah you should have put it on this episode you should have put it on this episode instead of your normal episode because then all the normies who listen to that would be like good lord where's the break i was gonna tell michael we might have to actually record a second disclaimer to put it the first of the episode (laughs) this is the original one yeah yeah, if this is the first you're listening to, first time you're listening to, please don't listen to this episode. Go back and listen to like the two before this one before you make it to this one because there's a yeah. story in this episode and we don't want it to reflect whatever episode it's like. <laughs> yeah, that story is not indicative of the overall theme and vibe of the show. Yes, we have, exactly. we, have, we have no control over the voicemails. <laughs> oh, man, so you've sold it pretty hard now. The problem is now that... Uh, yeah, I will have already listened to it by the time I listen to this. Anyway, fucking it sounds pretty interesting. Jesus Christ. Okay. He's got some fucking good stories, that guy. And he's always doing push-ups. Yes. I'll give you I'll give you a hint, Tim and Jake. It involves the beginning of John Wick One and alligator hunting. <laughs> and- oh jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> 
I think you can put it all together. Yeah, well, like I think you can uh, you can uh, weave come out? weave the story. By the, time people, by the time people listening to this, will it have already come out? What episodes? What number is it? It's the next. We just recorded the first half. Um, you missed the first half of when we recorded this. The reason we're uh, doing this is because my wife has my phone. And the list that we need to review are on my phone. And we made it to the list review segment of recording and we realized uh, we couldn't do it. But we were already recording, so we said, fuck it. We'll just do this until my wife gets back and we can finish the episode. <laughs> it just makes sense. What, so what a great idea to break the glass. <laughs> That's fantastic. You need, to, you need to chill a bit after hearing that story for the first time. <laughs> I messaged Scott. And I was like, I was like, Jesus, dude, what's wrong with you? Like this and that. And he's like, Ah, oh, fuck. People need to lighten up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a story one of his like squad mates told him, and his squad mate, after telling him that story, is like, you know, you want to know why I can do the shit I do? It's because I've been dead since I was seven years old. <laughs> like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, That's that awesome. dude is a straight fucking assassin now like that dude like <laughs> uh, he's, he's uh, you know I mean, I, it's, it's about a guy the story is about a, the guy who did it is probably dead already and it was 25 it's more that the story is more than 25 okay. years old so it's right, not like right. you know what i mean and it wasn't That's scott true. or any of his family it's like some random person That's a statue so, of limitations yeah. yeah that's right yeah. Yeah, surely, surely. What's Unless it's a war crime, in which case they fucking, you know, Brad Pitt will fucking come for you. Like Brad Pitt will come for you if you're like seventy. Oh no, no, wait, not seventy. If you're like nine hundred, well, not nine hundred, maybe ninety-eight years old, Brad Pitt will fucking come for you if you're a Nazi. <laughs> hey, the question is, if you're a Nazi and you had to pick like a movie Brad Pitt to come after you or to not come <laughs> after you, which one would it be? Because I would not want, I would not want Inglorious Bastards Brad Pitt coming after me for sure. No, what's that? What's that movie where uh, the uh, fucking hell? I don't know the name of it, but you can probably guess it from this: where the dude is building a fucking sex machine in his basement. Burn after one? burn after reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he's, that'd, he's, that'd be a good he's, Brad he's useful, Yeah, because you don't want fucking the number one one you don't want is fucking Achilles Troy. Uh, a no, Troy, that would Achilles, be tough. Troy. Achilles Troy, Troy, Brad, Brad from Achilles, Brad from yeah. Troy, Brad from Troy. You don't want Brad from Troy coming up to you. That's when he's like <laughs> mega jack. Hey, Thelma um, and Louise, like he, Brad Pitt wouldn't be too bad. I want Benjamin Button yeah. Brad coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby, baby Brad Pitt. Oh, they got outlived him. I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, oh, he's just a baby. You just fucking pun him. <laughs> there, boom, done, yeah. done. I can go back to my apparently, yeah. apparently Fight Club Brad was like super ripped, but he only weighed like some fucking like 120 pounds or something fucking they crazy talk like about that. It on Fighter and the Kid, like every third episode. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. he only weighs like 150 pounds. Oh, to yeah. beat his ass. Oh, laid him the yeah, fuck Yeah, so you don't him. want him. Yeah, Conor McGregor no weighs in at like 150 pounds, too. Yeah, but he's bigger on fight night, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I would not yeah. want to, like, I would not want <laughs> Conor McGregor hunting me like that at all. Well, he'd like talk mad shit. He'd like just get cell phone calls while you're like hiding, and he'd just be like, you know, I, I think you're in the bathroom. He's like, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> who'd you take? Who'd you take your hiding from, eh? Who you take your yeah. hiding from? I'll kick <laughs> your ass, man. Oh, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Just leave me alone, dude. Monty, what if fifth grade Conor McGregor was the fifth grade boss? <laughs> when you're talking about like fighting, fighting. A bunch yeah, when of, you're like, fighting animals. all the eight year olds. Yeah. <laughs> this came up on last TFL Live, where it was like, <laughs> like how many? Okay, if you were to like have to fight. Like ten eighth, like ten eight year olds at a time, 
right? <laughs> and okay. at the end of those ten, you fought a fifth grader boss. <laughs> and like, how many, how many five or eight year olds do you yeah. think you could? How make many it waves? Yeah. How many waves of like? Well, or eight I'm fucking tiny, and like every kid I run into nowadays is fucking bigger than me when they're in third grade. <laughs> so I probably wouldn't make it very far. <laughs> oh. I feel like I can How make it. How old are you, Ryan? I always thought kids. you were like a normal, normal height person. I'm five foot eight. Five eight. Good luck. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm basically like the size of Joe Rogan. Like if you've ever have you you've seen Joe Rogan on TV and stuff. Like me and him are the same. Yeah. Height. And I've stood uh, right. I've stood in front of him, and we're about the same width. So he's obviously. What were you, what were you doing? I was at what a UFC. Doing oh, okay. He went like holding it, holding him up, like in an alley. No, 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 no. He was just standing, doing his commentary thing, and I was standing, like you know, like you would, like a distance from a normal person. We weren't interacting or anything. I was just standing. Uh, I just happened to walk down there to see what was going on, and he just happened to be standing there. And I looked yeah. at him, and he's like the almost the exact same size and frame that I am. Only I'm chubby, and he's muscular. Well, like, I think you can beat quite a few children, but you need to, uh, like, what, are the children fearless? Because, like, psychology is going to be the number one thing. Because as that soon was... as you beat the fuck out of the first kid, they're going to go, like, <laughs> holy shit, we left him here with him. It's going to be, yeah. like, you're not, I don't know, I'm I think for this scenario, it has you're to be, right? With me, so you just, like, hold the first one down and just start fucking thumb gouging <laughs> eyes. Where there's just yeah, what you do, what you do, like, in every hurting. single fight. No, yeah, like in every single fight, and everyone, I'm sure everybody knows, like if you ever get in a street fight, the first thing you do is immediately pick the smallest person and then just fucking launch like a huge mega power hit into them. Because like fucking smallest person's always going to go down hardest, and like everyone's going to be so shocked that you went for the smallest is person. Is that after like, or before you strip naked? <laughs> no, 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 just immediately. First, first action, destroy smallest child, then start stripping as you're fighting. Okay. Why are you stripping? Like immediately. Nobody wants to fight the naked guy. Yeah. Kids don't yeah, care. Nobody wants to fight a naked guy. Like twenty They've people just killed their like fucking child. Like, as long as you're not in prison or something, it's just like if twenty people are trying to whip your ass, just get naked. They're not gonna want to like interact with a naked person. Yeah, unless they're crazy. I wouldn't do that in prison. I would not do that in prison. No, 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 no. But you don't like, like on the street. Yeah, like with like normal people, because like eighty percent of people are just fucking normal people. Who if you just yeah. like fucking punch a, a small child in front of them or something. But anyway, back to the children. Like, how old are these children? Sorry, five years old? Is that what you said? I can't remember if we said eight-year-olds or five-year-olds, but I feel like it was eight-year-olds. Oh, eight-year-olds. Yeah. Dude, I was, in, I was in, like, Cub Scouts when I was eight years old. I wouldn't have wanted to fought, fought me. I would have had, like, a little pocket knife. I would have been total fucking terrorist cookbook fucking kid. Well, I think for the scenario, right, I think they'd have to be fearless to an extent. Like, they'd have to, like, their only goal is just to come and kick your ass and then... So I think it's just based on pure strength yeah. of an eight-year-old. It'd have to be well, like some some kid, like Nazi regiment, like some like Nazi North regime. Korean kids that have been raised up to be like a militant <laughs> organization, right? Yeah. Okay, well, just a normal eight-year-old kid has basically got like at least one level in rogue. So they're gonna get they're gonna get around you. They're gonna backstab you. They're gonna try and like kick you in the tank because a kid a kid who's eight knows that a bull shot, the nut shot just fucks you up. So they're going to they're gonna be winging shots into you, like a Vindicar assassin shooting your general. Just winging. You're going to be, you're going to have to have one hand down there, just guarding from all of these fucking kicks, eight-year-old fucking kicks. They're probably wearing school shoes, so they're just like, <laughs> trying to kick you in the ball. What the Dangerous, f- man. You've got to protect the balls, but you've got to break them psychologically. Because once you fucking destroy that first kid, the others are just going to start cowering, and then you can just pound on them at will. Just, like, pull them down. Like, you know how lions just pull down, like, fucking animals in front of all the other animals? And the other ones are just like, fuck, what do we do? I don't know. Just cow? <laughs> that's what you'll be doing to those kids. Are, are they waves of five? Like, that doesn't seem like much. Yeah, but, t- all right, here's what, I want, here's what I want to envision, you know. So you've sat there on the field of yeah. battle, and you have yeah. beat the absolute shit out of the last 
eighth eight year old, right? Before you get to uh, like fifth grade. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, you you wipe the, the, the blood that's drooping out of your mouth and you're fully exhausted. Then all of a sudden you look up and you see fifth grade Conor McGregor. And he's just sitting there like, <laughs> no, fuck you, you know. And yeah. I'm lucky. You're, you're going to fucking blood angels on me, do you? You fucking tough cunt. Yeah, <laughs> crazy shit. Come on, Monty, fucking throw it down, cunt. Come on, I'll fucking smash you. Yeah, Double chop. Double chop. He pulls out one of those little, like, those little vials of cocaine from, like, the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah, is the, most, the most real thing is he walks in, he just does like, he's got a knife, and he just does like a fucking snort of cocaine off the tip of a knife, <laughs> throws the knife away, puts in a mouth guard, and just starts fucking running at you. It's like, putting in a mouth guard is the fucking most real thing you can do, just for no reason. Like, suddenly, like, whoa, what are you putting a mouth guard in for, man? That's it. Shit just got real. Honestly, like, so, if you ever you meet know, anybody fucking, who has, like, carries a mouth guard... You lost the fight. Like you lost the fucking fight. You're done. A, you know what? That, well, a couple, a couple things. First, that reminds me of Jim Carrey in fucking Cable Guy, where he's crazy and he plays basketball and he like does all the stretches yep. and runs ladders <laughs> yeah. before he plays. Like that's the equivalent of that. <laughs> like, hold on, let me. I gotta, I gotta get ready. And he starts running ladders like in an adult yeah. basketball game. Well, he's probably been doing that too out back. You don't know what he's been doing out back. How much coke he's already snorted up that night. Right. So two. <laughs> What like these kids? If if like if this is like a school like playground scenario, like there's that fucking school in Texas, you know, Michael's where Michael lives, where we I saw it on Vice News, where they train the kids for terrorist scenarios. Yep. They're like, uh, like literally they have a battle plan that if there's an active shooter, all the kids like do this like like exercise like and they drill it like every week to perfection, and they have like these ex-state troopers come in and run the drill for him and this guy comes in with one of those like all plastic bright red AR-15s and he like busts through the door and all these fucking kids just come running out of every nook and fucking He can't kill all of us! And just like fucking just dive on this dude and like start like rip the gun uh. out of his hands and take his ass down and just start like uh. Hold on, I'm gonna do like, this. That's I'm gonna where do all the studies are going. Style. I mean that's like, when, when like that's a re- that's real that's a yeah. real school in Texas and they drill it every week and they teach these kids. Well, but they've done they've done studies and stuff and they're say they I mean if you hi- if you, everybody curls up under a desk and hides, then you, the guy comes in the room, shoots every one of you, and then walks out. And in every everything that I've seen, if you as soon as that door opens, he yeah he's he might get a couple of you, but. People start you know going for nut shots and and eye gouges and everything else and he he's at least going to leave the room. Well, these these kids are well drilled because they had the guy, the reporter from Vice News. They gave him the gun and they said, "Here, come in here and just do this scenario." And he goes through the door, and these fucking kids just whip his ass. Like, it ain't even this is a grown man. He doesn't know what to expect. He comes through the door, and they say, "You know, he's on the ground with about like twenty kids on him." And they got him restrained, and one of them has ripped the gun from his hand and has it pointed at his face in about two seconds. It's pretty funny. trying to trying to rack it, like trying. Yeah, yeah, and the, the fucking cops that are training the kids are standing around. That's a good exercise. Like that—that that was a well good exercise. He's got like a fucking stopwatch, like a gym teacher drilling these kids. Yeah. It's so funny, and of course, like you know, like the because uh, this is a private school, um, and like other schools that are in the public school system, the superintendents from there are like talking about how this is a total atrocity of justice and you should never say oh, yeah i was gonna say like surely someone's complaining about it yeah you shouldn't have to train your kids to deal with look it, it happens so <laughs> god's outside then or something for fuck's sake. Uh, well how about just like stop giving everybody just like cocktails of fucking mind-bending drugs but anyway 
that's but it's for another time. It's a. Uh, <laughs> It's on Vice News. If you get on Vice, if you have Net or uh, HBO Go, or any way to watch old back episodes of Vice, yeah. or maybe you can even find it on YouTube. It's it's one of their episodes. It's pretty funny. I'm trying to find it right now. I'm trying to be like Jamie, but I'm just horrible. One young Jamie, little Chin Chin. <laughs> chin Chin. Being more of a being more of a Chin Chin, less of a Jamie right now, right? Yeah. Isn't he? But he has too much personality. He can't be Chin Chin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The guy has the personality of fucking moss growing on a tree. Yeah, he's a personality vacuum. But we shouldn't shit on other podcasts. What if they start listening to ours and like going, oh, look at these fucking cheater-fingered fucking nerds. Like, yeah. Talking about beating up children. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly change subject. <laughs> yeah. It's too late. It's too late. I, I, wanted, I told Michael beforehand I wanted to talk about crazy ex-girlfriend stories. I told Ryan that I want to talk about fucking... Mars <laughs> a million years ago. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan wants nothing to do with it. Like, he wants oh, nothing he read to it? do Did with you it. Read it Ryan? I was telling Michael on the fucking, our real podcast, I, so this is going to be on both podcasts. I'm like, it's that shit's outside of my three-foot circle. I'm a blue-collar motherfucker. I set my alarm every day. It's very regimented. I get up. I go to work. I do my thing. I come home. I try to get a little pussy from my wife. If it doesn't work out, I go to sleep and start it all again. That's all. That's it. I don't need right. to know. Right, right, right. You're, I, you're saying you're not thinking about fucking ancient civilizations on the surface of Mars? What? No, no. <laughs> I, I don't spend most of my but time. But see, Ryan, that. that's what they want you to do. They want you to keep your eyes closed. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. What the elites want? Have you read this thing, Jake? I have not. I don't know anything about what we're talking about, Wait, but I'm well, excited. I'll, I'll, I'll at least tell you what it is. Like it's uh, it's on the CIA.gov website, so I'm assuming that is that actual. Oh yeah, Central Intelligence Agency. It says that, but who knows? Like it's it pretty be, reputable. Do, do they, it's a reputable agency. Do they even have a? Do they even have a site? Like why would they have a site? Is there some spy agency? All, anyway, but all government organizations have a site. The .gov ah, okay. is definitely definitely government site. Yeah. Okay, so this is a verified by these guys um, government document from I'm assuming like MK Ultra or one of those crazy fucking things that they ran back in the like the 80s and the even before that they had this thing called MK Ultra, which is basically they had like they were te- testing to see if shit like psychics is real, like how much fucking LSD can you give someone before they fucking lose their mind entirely, like less sort of shit. Do you remember like, that MK movie? Uh, do you remember that movie Men Who Stare at Goats? Yeah. Jake? Yeah, that yeah, shit. I haven't seen it, but yeah, yeah, yeah that shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've well, this is what Strange, Stranger Things is all about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you watched Stranger Things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. If this, I don't know if they're doing any actual Stranger Stranger Things style, like opening hell portals and submerging women and fucking. T- well, they probably were doing the tank thing. Like, I no, think but they, they are at least loading people up with LSD, and then some of those might have kids, and then they turn out to be hell. Psychos. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, oh, did you know, like, quick, quick, uh, uh, quick, uh, fucking factoid that, you know, the Unabomber, like, uh, Ted Gazinski, yes. like, wrote, like, technological slavery and one that published in the newspaper and everything, because it, it, it's pretty interesting when you read it. Pretty interesting. They read his, actually, they like, read his hopes and dreams to him back and, like, totally ridiculed him for them. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like, awesome. for real, it was a, it was a test. Yeah, well, they also, uh, yeah, they gave him, he was one of the uh, people who was involved in the full, like, LSD fucking experiments. So they gave him, like, 
they they like mega like the university uh, via I don't know the government I guess just fucking gave him tons of megadoses and then he went on to be a, a fucking terrorist and write interesting literature. But anyway, so this thing right is called uh, it's called Mars Exploration May 22 1984, and it like literally this it, that's all the document is. That's the first page it says that. The second page okay. says method of site acquisition sealed envelope coupled with geographic coordinates. The sealed envelope was given to the subject immediately prior to the interview. The envelope was not opened until after the interview. In the envelope was a three by five card with the following information. <coughs> the first line says, the planet Mars. The second line says, time of interest, approximately one million years BC. Selected geographic coordinates provided by the parties requesting the information were verbally given to the subject during the interview. So they have obviously geographic coordinates of Mars, I'm assuming, that somehow like the psychic, even though they couldn't read the page, so they couldn't read what was in the envelope because it's inside the envelope. So they didn't know that it said the planet Mars, time of interest, approximately right. 1 million years BC, right? But then the person who was doing, conducting the interview was able to give them coordinates and they were able to look around on the surface of Mars, which is pretty interesting, right? So there's a transcript here. It's like, it's like five pages, uh, seven pages or something like that. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty eye-opening stuff. If it's like, uh, you know, well, I don't know. How, how, how the fuck did he know that? I, I don't know. It's very weird. Like when you start thinking about it and going, so he couldn't read what was on the envelope, but yet he came back with all this insane information. He uh, didn't. He Which, didn't know that he was like, because it's like a remote viewing program where you go into this like psychic trance yeah, and you can see right. and you're talking about what you're seeing and shit like that. He didn't know that he was on Mars. Like he didn't know where the fuck he was. So he was just yeah. describing everything he saw. And like, he's like, uh, I don't know what the fuck this is, but there's tall people here. And like, he's yeah. describing like The shit sun is weird. Seen. The sun is, oh boy, the sun is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like how, did, said, how like, did they get him there if they didn't tell him where he was? He just like because they, it's written on the envelope. So, the, so so the whole point is that they don't know what's on their fucking envelope, but they're able to just pick that up, hold it for a second, and be like, uh, the, the vibration I'm getting from this fucking thing is telling me to fucking okay, cross my mind. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird, yeah. but but they did it. Like, for so like, it's like old Johnny Carson. It's old Johnny Carson where he puts the envelope to his head and tells yeah. you what's in the envelope. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Except psychics. <laughs> yeah, Except psychics no would find of. fucking people yeah. and be like, okay, this is what's going on. But that Ted Kaczynski thing, that's, that's fucking, that's crazy. Yeah. Like that, they broke him. Did you, did you ever hear read, about that story? Have like, you, have you ever listened to what happened with that? Mm -mm. No, no, I haven't heard that, but I have read Technological Slavery, which is fucking... So, well, yeah, okay, that was his, his idea. Like that, he was trying to stop like the whole ted kaczynski thing is he was trying to stop us from becoming technological slaves because he saw that happening yeah. like what's happening right now like yeah. where we're all like a, a slave to our computer and stuff like he he saw yeah. that happening and he was trying to stop that from happening whatever yeah. anyway ted kaczynski went to college when he was only like 16 years old or like 15 years old he's a mathematical student like he went to college super early when uh, so what happened is there was this whole CIA program or an FBI program, well, some program in the school going on where they were testing children. And what they would do is your, their freshman year, they came into the college. They would give them a test where they'd have to write down all of their like fears and, you know, like very personal stuff. And they say, don't worry, we're never going to read this again. Da, 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 da. Right. And <laughs> in their senior year, they came back and they made them read these out 
to the entire like classroom and completely like you know like oh you know like ridiculed them basically for like oh you know you're such an idiot i can't believe you thought that you were going to do this and this you're so dumb well ted kaczynski like he didn't grow because he wasn't uh it wasn't like the 18 to 22 transition it was like the like 15 to 19 transition so like he didn't because uh, he's a doogie Howser, yeah yeah he's still yeah, like a kid same and, guy like, yeah just like he never really even grew up in college like he was supposed to and i actually think he skipped a year of college like i think he graduated like his junior year or something like that so like he completely got like his ass like handed to him like but basically like roasted by his peers and he's just like a kid and he's just like what uh, the fuck like you can't trust yeah, but why though? like did he write like i want to fucking be in like division one basketball player and like i want to fucking be captain of the fucking team or some shit and then he did they're just like you're a tiny man like, what were they hanging shit in about? That's pretty... Seems fucking crazy. Well, see. anyway, he went on to that, like, just be, like, given tons of fucking microdoses of, like, LSD or just giant megadoses after that, I'm guessing. Like, they wouldn't have been giving him LSD when he was, like, a Dookie Hauser, right? No. No, I don't think so. But what a... What, what a life. And then he went from that to living in a cabin in the woods, just, like, complaining about how people went from fucking hunting and eating their own meat to, like factory farming within like one generation and it's fucking making us all insane <laughs> here we go the study was run by dr henry murray who each had one of his 22 students write an essay detailing their dreams and aspirations the students were then taken to a room where electrodes were attached to them to monitor their vitals as they were subjected to extremely personal stressful and brutal critiques about the essays they had written Following the psychological attacks, the participants were forced to watch videos of themselves being verbally and psychologically assaulted multiple times. <laughs> Kaczynski is claimed to have had the worst psychological reaction to be interrogated. These experiments, paired with his lack of social skills and memories of a being bullied as a child, caused Kaczynski to suffer horrible nightmares that eventually drove him to move into isolation outside of Lincoln, Montana. So, like, they basically, like, roasted this child. And, they were and like, then they make you watch you yourself get roasted. How bad? Like, that's... And the guy with the clipboard's like, "This is this can't be right. He's only 15. Like this can't be right. Like <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh no, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't fucking buy that. I reckon that's fucking missing. I reckon that's dis. What is it? Alex Gray style disinf. No, not Alex Gray. Alex alternate, Gray alternate, alternate, alternate facts. facts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I reckon they made that up post so that they to sort of draw attention away from like the fucking MK Ultra. Give this dude, give him lots of LSD. Let's do it. He's so, a, he's a so I'm gonna tell you, there's, there's. <laughs> Intra, black helicopter child molesters um black helicopter i have the documents right here they're making these children read write essays and then years later ridiculing them so they don't do a job. <laughs> i reckon it's the lsd thing like is, is that on the same like is that on wikipedia or something is that, uh, does, it, does it mention does this it is on the, the, the atlantic the atlantic wrote it out uh, okay. See, I reckon that's to just be like, oh no, the government. That's fucking true. Because if the because if it turns out that the government, some FBI fucking, or whoever the fuck does like doses people with it, the doses doogie houses with LSD. If it turns out that some government employee is doing it, see, then you can start suing people and getting fucking cash from the government because like you guys fucking created goddamn the Unabomber. Nah, dude. So what they do is no, nah, they just disappear okay. your ass. <laughs> What, what do you think? Like, you think that the like, like the cares? Come on, dude. They're all powerful, man. Like they they created the whole uh, Rick Ross. Like they they made him not not the rapper Rick Ross who he took his name from, <laughs> the American drug dealer Rick Ross. 
uh, and was like free with Ricky Rob. Yeah, he was like provided a crack cocaine to provide, like to 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 sell from the yeah. uh, like that's all like verified a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, uh, they told him how to do it, right? They told him how to turn the coke. Well, I remember crack. remember when Mike Mike Wood, that CAA guy, was on Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan asked him about it, and he just totally denied it. Uh, there's a movie out about it because it's all declassified now. Uh, Jeremy Renner's inside of it. It's called like Kill the Messenger or Shoot the Messenger or something like that. And hmm. basically, it's about this uh, um, this reporter who takes all this information and like realizes that like holy fuck, they were buying this cocaine from the Contras and giving it to, like, Ricky Ross to, like, sell for for drug <laughs> money, for dope money, to, like, to fund yeah. the, like, to fund the military, and it caused the whole, like, crack epidemic of Harlem. And, like, just straight up, like, it's all 100%. Like, he, like, was completely right. He was completely, everything was, was correct. And then when he was going on the news to talk about it and, like, to discuss, like, okay, this is what I found out. And when the right, when his report was getting addressed and all this stuff, cause like he was like, won his lawsuit because the CIA and everybody was trying to ruin his life. Like he, he was like, he lost his wife, his kids, everything. And when he it was time for him to like discuss it and all this stuff, Monica Lewinsky, like <laughs> sucked uh, her yeah. dick yeah. and yeah, like totally, <laughs> totally. That's it. Jingle the keys, baby. All you gotta do is turn everybody's eyes somewhere else. But yeah, it's yeah. like, All it's, right, I'll read you this bit from the Mars report, right? It's like, it's a few lines and it's probably, it's like a pretty interesting part. So the uh, monitor person, oh shit, PDF reader. So the, moni- uh, is it moni- the monitor person, I'm guessing, or oh, moderator, whatever. They say, all right, at this period in time, uh, before the geologic activity, because he's explaining that there's all this geologic activity they say, like, can you see anyone standing around? And he goes, not. And they're like, okay, go back in time to, you know, a few, whatever. And he goes back in time and he's like, oh, there's, like, extreme geological problems. And they're like, okay, go back to where you can fucking see some cool shit. And he goes, okay. And then they go, okay, so have a look around and look for any activity. And the subject says, dot, 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 dot. I'm seeing, uh, it's like a perception of a shadow of people. Very tall, dot, 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 thin. It's only a shadow. It's as if they were there and they're not, not there anymore. And then the person says, go back to a period of time where they are there. And he goes, um, like mumbles something. It's like I get a lot of static on a line and everything. It's breaking up all the time. Very fragmentary pieces. Just report the raw data. Don't put things together. Just report the raw data. And just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall but they're very large, uh, wearing some kind of strange clothes. All right, now holding in this time period, hold, this, hold in this time period, I want to move from your physical location in space to another physical location, but in this time period. Now move to 46.45 north, blah, blah, blah. I give some coordinates. And he goes, deep inside of a cavern, not a cavern, more like a canyon. Um, I'm looking up at the sides of a steep wall that seems to go on forever. And there's like a structure with, uh, it's like the wall of a canyon itself has been carved. Again, I'm getting a very large structure. I'm getting very large structures. No, uh, no intricacies, huge sections of smooth stone. So like he's fucking basically reporting back like structures and shit that are on Mars. Like apparently they send him, 
you know how there's like the face on Mars and they're in these pyramids and all that sort of bullshit that they've taken with like the probes and that sort of thing. Basically, these a lot of these locations are those areas, and he reports back seeing like there's fucking very tall people here wearing weird clothes and also pyramids, mega structures, mega structures, obelisks. <laughs> Obelisks and shit. There's an obelisk on fucking on Sarah. No, what does he say? It's one of the moons. It's Phobos. It's the moon of Phobos. Yeah, Phobos has a fuck so in 30k. Uh, Phobos is one that services the moon of Mars. Do you reckon that's where like one of the foundries is that creates like Phobos pattern shit, like on yeah, one of the absolutely. moons of Mars? Yeah. yeah the so Phobos there's already pattern. there's a fuck. Yeah. So in our time stream, uh, there's a goddamn monolith on this Phobos moon. Apparently, if you Google image search it or something shit, you can actually find it. And it's just, it's isn't not even a fucking... The, isn't that where the waves are coming out that are brainwashing the global elite to, to like, be pedophiles? So can we call them pedo-bolters instead of Phobos <laughs> pattern? They're pedo, pedo-pattern no, bolters? I'm pretty sure that comes from the moon via Saturn. It's, it's part of the Saturn moon matrix. So here's okay. what I think's bullshit, right? So... We, we name all these cool planets, and we name all these cool moons and shit like that, but when it comes to our own shit, we go, well, what are we going to call this? Well, it's the fucking Earth. Why? Because it's made out of fucking Earth. What are we going to call that thing? That's the fucking moon. Why? Because that's what it is. Like, <laughs> it's made from moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like why, why are we Earth and moon, and then we name the fucking Titan and Phobos and all this shit, and, you know, you got Mercury and Venus and Neptune. Well, it, Where the fucking well, Earth? Because when Earth and shit was invented, I'm pretty sure they weren't talking about fucking Phobos and like, like Mars and stuff. No, well originally, originally like, Earth just stuff. Earth was Gaia and Moon was Luna. I thought like like the coming back. Like, I don't know when the word Moon came in, but like the uh, like the phrase for Moon has always been Luna. Like, I don't know. This is you know above my pay grade. I don't, you know, there's, I don't know, there's people that believe that the moon wasn't there a couple of hundred years ago. They reckon, like, look back in fucking ancient talk. Like, they never talk about the moon. Moon wasn't there. Moon, di- moon, moon only existed, like, a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah. There's also people who believe that it was built here or it was brought here by <coughs> 10 foot tall spider like beings 18,000 years ago. But I just sent you that, like, Phobos monolith thing. And, I don't know. Like, it doesn't. It, he, he was. Like, what, what do you think it is? Just a long shadow? Like, it's got to be, right? What? I don't it's know. not even a moon. It's not even like a moon-like moon. It's like one of those just, you know, those fucking just nugget things just floating around? <laughs> nugget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a boulder 85 meters across. It's not even, it's not like a fucking proper moon. You couldn't fly there and, like, jump around and hit golf balls and shit. Like, it's just a fucking 85-meter boulder. What are so we talking about? that's, like, the about? size of a what football field. What are, what are you talking about? Another moon? Like, what are you talking about? Isn't that what fucking like Phobos is? No, I thought Phobos, I think was, Phobos like, is a proper big. moon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm yeah. Sorry, I'm reading the fucking Phobos monolith thing. The Phobos monolith is an 85. Oh, okay, right. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, it's 80. Oh, foot, yeah, well, it's, 85 foot tall monolith, like or 85 meter tall monolith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this thing's uh, sorry, sorry. Phobos itself is 11 kilometers. So it's just like, uh, yeah. So it's it's an irregularly shaped object with a mean radius of 11k. So, yeah. just a little pile of shit with a with a bigger pile of shit sitting on top of it <laughs> that looks like a monolith. So there's four people know. here, and only one person knows how many kilometers and meters you're talking about. I just oh, multiply okay. that by would three. Be you. Like I just <laughs> seven, seven miles, you American. Sorry. 
I'm like, is that big? Is that small? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I have to break it down. I'm like 500 meters. That's like, Fifteen hundred feet, fuck, which fuck, is how like how many touchdowns is that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I break it down into yards. I'm like, oh, that's like at least a football field. Like, <laughs> that's five football fields stacked up. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Sorry, the rest of the world knew what I was talking about. Um, yeah, how many Alice Chalmers tractors is that long? <laughs> Dude, like we're oh, we're so lucky we have like such a badass military because like holy shit like yeah. we are like the jocks of the of the world <laughs> yeah we are yeah. the we are the bad guys of the karate kid movie of the world <laughs> yeah we are we are cobra kai of the rest of the world and, like, sweep the leg <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no we don't need no metric nerds like what the fuck nerd <laughs> Oh, I was listening to a podcast, I think it might have been the Sons of Heresy, maybe, and they were talking that sort of talk, and the American dude was like, yeah, well, the proper reply to that is, my country's been to the moon, or something like that. You know, like, and, but, right. yeah, was it like the, yeah, the travel travel to the moon was done in miles and inches or some shit like that. They, <laughs> boom. So here's, here's the deal, Tim. We got more aircraft carriers than the rest of the world has combined. <laughs> And we Will measure, you, we measure the them in feet. That's it. So we you, measure in feet and fucking inches. Boom. <laughs> just so you know, Tim, when you were talking on your podcast to Monty when you called and woke him up, and you talked about oh, yeah. the battle plan for if Australia gets invaded is just imminent slaughter by U.S. Marines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I played that for my buddy Kenneth, who is a fucking Marine, and um. He fucking about died. He shared it with his <laughs> platoon buddies because he thought it was like the greatest thing he'd ever heard. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, he's got a close friend that was in the Australian military. I don't know the guy's name, but they talk all the time. So he shared it with him too, and they all got a kick out of that. <laughs> don't worry. That's We're here that's to a, save that's you. A, that's a fucking battle plan, man. That's all the Western world's battle plan. Just wait for the Marines. Holy shit. Hope they don't fucking <laughs> start the death camps until the Marines get here and kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for real. <laughs> oh shit. Super, super real. And then, like, fucking, yeah, probably just enforce miles and inches. Like, no, we fucking saved you. You've got to use miles and inches. I'm telling you. So we're gonna just leave you with this. Just wait for. Yeah, that's that's the way. To, that's, I bet that's fucking America's plan. You guys will just fucking say next time you guys save the world. Like, you obviously didn't do it, do it during World War Two. That would have been the best time to just roll shit back. Like, France, you're fucking smashed. Like, we're gonna rebuild your society, except we're gonna get rid of this stupid metric cancer that just fucking like <laughs> look the Nazis. Bitch. I bet you that's like <laughs> that's Nazi, like the ultimate Nazi fucking metric. <laughs> that that's like the ultimate. That, like, that's when you know that we have occupied your area when we start changing all the road signs. <laughs> like, yeah. just, like, we just yeah. like start, woo, woo, like right. put up our own. Ten miles woo, to the woo. next town, son. Ten miles <laughs> to the next town. I can't figure out how far my Abraham's gonna go. These fucking kilometers. How am I gonna know how much fuel to put in? But yeah, so that, that's that's the fucking plan. You know, the, the Nazis were metric and uh, in feet and inches, fucking defeated them. So you know that's a that's a good thing. Except you guys didn't uh, do you know like A4 paper size and A4 A3 etc. Do you guys use that? Yeah, we use that. Oh, it's okay, on, so it's on enough. printers. Yeah. Nine by eleven. Know, yeah, I know that. <laughs> Nine point five, like an eight and a half by eleven. Sometimes it gives me that option. We do use it for drawings. We use like size C drawings, size D drawings, but 
for uh, for everything else, it's a uh, eight and a half. Yeah. It's like letter tabloid. Oh, you guys use letter, so you don't yeah. use a four, a three, a two. No, it's letter tabloid legal. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, because U.S. left, like we have that in the Western world, like the rest of the Western world, sorry. Oh, the rest of the world, sorry. And it's like, um, whenever you accident, like you go to print something out and you accidentally set the fucking setting to letter or U.S. letter or what the fuck it is, and you just like the printer. Whatever, like, whatever oh, you're doing. Hell no, what the fuck am I meant to do with this shit? Like, just print it to shit itself. Like, doesn't even try and adapt or anything. Well, but Tim, but I, I want to print a tabloid, that, right? If I want to print a why, tabloid. That's why we don't have universal health care yet, because we had to buy another fucking aircraft carrier. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, people don't understand. Like, when Russell Brand is on the fucking MTV Music Awards whining about United States not having another fucking aircraft carrier, it's because we have to go protect your fucking island, mother. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like, I'm, I'm in, sorry. In, in Next time we develop your software, we'll make it a little bit more <laughs> user friendly. <laughs> yeah. What I was gonna say, what, what I was trying to get to with the whole all this letter size talk is that, like, I've heard that the A4 etc. letter sizes were all invented by the Nazis. So that's another thing that you like that I have over the rest of the world is like the rest of the world's using fucking Nazi paper, and we're here. Fucking in the, in the land of the free, using fucking a confusing system of letter, tabloid, fucking blah, 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 just crazy shit. So if I'm in uh, Australia and I want to print yeah. something that's 11 inches by 17 inches, what do I what do I print onto? Fucking, I don't know, mate. You'd never want to do that. And <laughs> legal. That's that, legal. That's legal. If <laughs> you handed that shit to someone, they would look at it and be like, what the fuck size paper do you call this, motherfucker? Get the fuck out of here, can't. Fuck off. <laughs> Bring it to fucking rock size of paper. Back in this gate, guy. What the fuck? Can I put this in my fucking ring binder? Yeah, see? People lose Yeah, sure. Their shit. You just do it, and then you have to fold it in half, and then fold it back. It's, it's all good. It'll fit. It, then it's the size of a letter. <laughs> Try and do that to some dude who's just standing there smoking a cigarette, just like fucking going, fuck rock, cunt. Like, you, you can't do it. You wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> You'd have to go and make A4. Tim, mm. to be honest, the only reason that I understand anywhere close to what the uh, metric system is for temperature is growing up, you know, watching fucking Steve Irwin. He'd always be outside in his like fucking yes. shorts. He's like, it's a blistering yes. fucking day out here. It's 30 degrees. And I'm like, okay, now <laughs> I know that 30 degrees is hot. I don't know anything <laughs> else, but I know that if it's 30 degrees, it's hot. If it's less than 30 degrees, yeah. it's cooler than that. <laughs> that's yeah. so that's how i understand celsius is i go steve Irwin said it's like 35 degrees and he's sweating his balls off so <laughs> dude tim like i feel like me and jake like somehow like mind melded because the entire time i've been thinking like when there's a pause i gotta bring up steve Irwin because tim's always <laughs> said that he has a story about steve Irwin, but he never tells it because we're always on a horace heresy podcast and it never fits in like what come on come on tim Oh, sure. I've got several stories about Steve Irwin. So, number one story, which doesn't affect me at all, is I used to work for a law firm. Boom, this is the one I wanted to hear. Hold on. <laughs> Let me just think about this. Is he, he's dead, right? So, okay. He's been, he's anyway, so, I, used to, I used to work at a law firm, and uh, they had, like, um, you know, he just, he just accidentally read documents that are lying around. And then, um, basically, he <laughs> had many legal actions against him because like he, he, he has this like park like up north right called uh, Australia Zoo right. and it started off went, before, he started that like years ago before he was like on TV or any of that sort of shit for his shenanigans um, and when it first started like uh, as, as children we went there and I've got a fucking I've got a fucking uh, uh, 1990 story as well but 
Uh, basically, he started getting rich and was just like, oh, yeah, I need, fucking, I need to expand this zoo. But the best way to do it is, is fucking in, like, unpaid interns. So he'd get all these like, school-age children to go to, the, like, to his park. And then they'd just make they'd make them fucking dig like these huge fucking pits for all the little crocodiles because they got all these fucking crocodiles. So they'd be just constantly digging these huge pits. So imagine like you know like the start of Spartacus when the, all these fucking people just like digging, just digging in the fucking ground. That's basically what it was like. And he had all these law firms because these kids would like fall into the ditch or, or try and climb out and fuck themselves up or get hit in the head by a fucking shovel or something, and just like and and you know just fucking sue him because he was just forcing children into slave labor, basically. So that's like, that's the first tale. And then the second tale is like when we were, uh, when, uh, if you want to comment about Steve Owen's slave labor, you can now. <laughs> no, like that's well, what I want to know. It's like, well, <laughs> you've ruined, like you've ruined it now. Like we, like we love Steve Irwin. Now you've like put, you've uh, tainted, tainted him. <laughs> Dude, I would uh, totally be slave labor for Bendy. Have you seen her lately? Like, did you see her on Dancing with the Stars? Who's that? Is that his daughter? Steve yeah, his little daughter. daughter. How old, How old is, is she? she? I she can't comment before back. you. Plenty old. Old enough. <laughs> Plenty old. Let me just go ahead and JB this real quick. You're from the South. Quick. I don't trust you. <laughs> Plenty. I'm from the South. She's plenty old. No, I'm good. <laughs> That's devastating. That's devastating. I'm pretty sure she's like not 18. Dude, totally, yeah. I think. I hope. <laughs> she's she's perfectly 18. Thank God. <laughs> Someone look it up. What are you doing? <laughs> What's, Michael, what's young Michael doing? I hope you're looking it up. I He's did. looking it up. I just did. She's 18 on the dot. July, ah, okay. July 24th, cool. yeah, well. 1998. Oh, yeah. She's got a boyfriend, so... Take those words back, Jake Busey. I only know that because I follow her on Instagram for some reason. Oh, oh my. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm telling you, Mike. I'm telling you. Does she know you're um, her dad right now? So my, so my other tale about her father almost killing my brother and I. So uh, when the camp was like, back, okay, hold on, just two. <laughs> Sorry, my husband's been falling off. That's but other Australians uh, banging on his door for talking about their national hero. <laughs> Someone heard it. Christ! Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> We already we've already decided that uh, Australia Day is to celebrate uh, Steve Irwin strangling a seven foot tall red kangaroo with a brown snake <laughs> while chugging a beer. It's got to be a Foster's, right? That's totally something an Australian guy would do is like fucking do something like that, like wrangle, like imagine he grabs a brown snake, grabs it by the tail, flips it around, grabs it by the neck. Puts around a, uh, like runs after a fucking kangaroo, wraps it around its neck, twists it around so he can hold the snake with one hand and still be strangling the kangaroo, and then put out his hand and someone would throw him a beer and he'd and just like fucking chug a beer while standing there doing that. That's something that Australians do all the time. Like start a, motor, start a motor mower and then someone hands you a beer and you just one hand mow. Yeah, that's like a fucking one handing beer is definitely an Australian. It's probably an American thing, but anyway. So, <laughs> I, anyway saw, so I saw a video. During Australia Day, where there's a guy riding a bike and these like dudes pulled up next to him, they're like, "Hey, mate, have a have a drink for Australian Day." And like he like he's looking over, he's like, "What the fuck?" And they're like, they got a beer, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's Australian Day." And he's like riding his yeah. bike, <laughs> and he's just like, 
And then they're like, they're like, you're a fucking legend, man. You're a fucking legend. And like, he like gives the beer back. And they're like, yeah, I can't believe you did that. You're a fucking legend. And then they like, he drives, he rides the bike. The thing that's crazy to me is I always see Australian. They're always wearing flip flops and cargo shorts. And I just imagine like if you're a grown man and you were in Indiana, like if you live, if you came to where I live in cargo shorts and flip flops, you would make it 10 feet before you got your ass whipped. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't wear that here. Oh, just the people, they're like gonna be like goddamn son you know where's your wranglers and your fucking tractor supply t-shirt you're getting your ass whipped and we don't serve your kind around here you're a cunt come on Australian get away with doing it every single place in the world is like every every Australian if they can get away with it will always wear shorts t-shirts thongs anywhere in the world it's only until someone pulls a gun on you and goes this is the Fucking Vatican! You have to put some shoes and long pants on. <laughs> Until the uh, the Swiss Guard come after him in those goofy fucking outfits and a halberd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, when I went to England, uh, I just went around the London Museum like all day. Australian uniform, it's fucking cool. It's just like, oh, sorry. There's one more addition to that: beer in one hand. Look, look, look. Anyway, I'll tell you the story. So when we when we were children, my brother and I were like, I must have been like. Probably eight years old, hadn't fought my first fucking adult yet. Um, and my brother was obviously like younger than me, so he must have been like five. So we went to Australia Zoo because, like, every time any people came to visit, because Australia Zoo is just up the, well, it's not just up the road, it's like a out, couple hours drive or something. Any time relatives from overseas came, we would always take them to Australia Zoo because they had this shit where, like, there's just all these pits full of crocodiles and then, like, Every hour on the hour, we throw a fucking dead chicken into the pit, and a crocodile comes up and, like, snaps out of the air, that sort of shit. So people thought that, obviously, um, especially over here. So especially over in America, too, from the sounds of it. Um, so they had uh, tours as well. And this is before Steve Irwin was even on TV, before he'd even thought of going on TV. This is, like, 90, this is like the 90s or early 90s. So we're walking around just looking at the snakes, and then Steve Irwin comes out of nowhere with this, like, white, like, paint bucket with a little lid on top, and he's got these tongs. And we're like, oh, what the bloody hell's going on here? And then he walks up and he's like, hey, can't fucking about to feed the fucking snakes, can't come check this shit out. So then we follow him around, and there's, there's basically like this giant, like, you guys know what Bessa bricks are? Do you, do you call them Bessa, Bessa blocks or Bessa bricks over there? You know, like the cement, like, cinder figure block. of eight shape blocks? Oh, that's, we call them cinder blocks. Cinder block, yeah. Yeah, so they build shit over here out of that. They built this giant, like, snake fucking uh, music snake like pen thing out of that so yeah that's it yeah i'm looking at it on the screen it's in the block so Why, this- michael michael is using his cyber thurgy right now to like hijack <laughs> yeah, yeah. our fucking computers so anyway yeah, sorry well, tim yeah so young so it's in the block building and like one front of it is uh all there's like all these doors to these little cells of the things and then the front of it is all glass like two-piece sliding glass window and inside every single one of those things, with no, like you can just walk up and look, and it's, uh, just get right up against the glass if you want. And then inside there is just all these fucking different like super deadly snakes. So he's got this like bucket full of like dead mice that he's just microwaved because they, if they're not warm, then the snakes just like what the fuck? I'm not eating this fucking fruit because it's like cold mouth. Um, so he just basically goes along with these tongs and just tells us like, oh, so this snake's fucking kill you before you can even fucking take your next breath, mate. And then just throws a dead mouse in there and it like attacks it. So he gets to this thing called a, fuck, uh, it's called a collet python or something. It's like the third or second or third most dangerous snake in the world. Um, and, or no, not a uh, collet snake or something like that. 
Um, anyway, it's uh, it's from the desert or some shit, and it's like, you know, super, super deadly. Apparently, if it bites you, it's just like fucking game over within a few sort of fucking minutes sort of thing. And um, uh, so it, it so he's got this mouse, and he's got the just the glass open, and me and my brother are just right up, just like loving it, just going, yeah, look at these fucking snakes, this is awesome. So we're right up against basically the opening. He just opens this piece of glass like wide open, and then just has this mouse with the tongs, and he's sort of just dancing it around trying to get it to strike. So it strikes at the mouse, and when it does, because it's in like, because it's from the desert or some shit, the the pendant it's in is just full of like pebbles. So when it yeah. strikes, it brush, bunch, pushes a whole bunch of pebbles forward, and they go into the track that the glass is sitting in. Yeah. So um, we didn't notice <laughs> that yet. We're standing right there, and then this thing's just like fucking fuck the mouse. I'm getting out of here. Look at these mammals, and it starts <laughs> sort of coming for the glass. It's coming for the wide open window. My brother and I are like, oh, fuck, it's coming. It's getting really, really fucking close. This thing would have been a foot away, probably. And then he's like, holy shit. And he realizes this because he's turned around and he's just looking at all the people and just going, like, look, checking out the chicks and being like, hey, babe, you want to fucking touch my snake? <laughs> and then, so Classic. Then he realizes and he's like, holy fuck. Yeah, so he starts just like bashing this thing with tongs, going, get in there, you fucking cunt. Ah! So he starts like hitting it. And then he's trying to get rid of these pebbles. My brother and I are like, woo! Like, literally, like, seconds from death, basically. If he hadn't looked down, because we were just standing there, like, spellbound by this fucking thing, and it just started, like, hanging, like, right out of the fucking, right out of the hole. Anyway, so he just managed to, like, bash it back in, and then just get the pebbles out and close it and be like, well, oh, that was fucking close. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> this one's a tightness. <laughs> just fucking carried on. You like, should have punched it, pocket. like, fucking Jean-Claude and knocked it out. <laughs> right as he struck at him. Bah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever it was, it was like super dangerous because I, I remember because my mom saw the whole thing and realized how fucking insane it was and went like, holy shit, and like pulled us back and then like just wouldn't fucking stop talking about it for ages. Like she'd just be like, that snake, I looked it up in this book because it was the 90s before the internet. She like, she's like, I looked, up, looked it up in this book of poisonous snakes that we have and yeah, it's like super fucking mega dangerous. So you guys fucking, holy shit, Steve Owen almost killed you. So it was drummed into me from an early age. Steve Owen almost killed you. Steve Owen almost killed you. Fucking Ted, Ted Gazinski style. Fucking <laughs> Unabomber style. But yeah, so that's did the I, story. Did I ever tell you about getting a chat, attacked by a fucking uh, chipmunk in my yard? Like Monty Python rabbit style? <laughs> that's happened to me, except with a squirrel. With a bunch of squirrels, actually. But I'd like to hear this your is, chipmunk story. <laughs> so I come outside and my fucking cat, the big yellow murder cat that I have that just kills everything in my yard. And then... There's this bush that it hides everything behind and it stacks dead bodies like cordwood, like a fucking serial killer. It just kills shit and stacks it. So that's a chipmunk. You guys are seeing it. It's just a little cute little, yep. like, about three inches tall. So my cat has one and it's fucking chirping and going crazy and this cat's killing it. So I run over and grab him and pick him up and he drops it. So I throw him back and I'm trying to get, like, shoo the chipmunk away, but it's, like, pissed off. So the chipmunk's coming at me. And it's jumping off the ground about the height of my knee, like snapping at me. I can hear it snapping and like oh. chittering and coming at me. So I'm trying to get away from the chipmunk and the cat is trying to get the chipmunk. So I'm trying to keep the cat away from the chipmunk while the chipmunk's <laughs> trying to attack me. So I finally get Pete, the cat, and I get him kind of away. And I look back and my dog has passed me and grabbed this chipmunk and fucking killed it. Nice. So I've been wrestling with the cat. So yeah. it didn't make it. Well, that's what he gets for being an asshole chipmunk, bro. Like, that's it. Like, that's that's how you go. I turned, I turned around yeah. just in time to see I have an Australian cattle dog just in time for her to. I seen her pick it up in the mouth and I looked at her and I said, Lucy. And I heard a crunch and that was it. She did. <laughs> I was like, well. She was saving you from the fucking chipmunk, man. 
dude, rodents, I guess. you don't mess. I was, I was turkey hunting one time and when I, I was sitting in a little turkey chair. So you're sitting right off the ground and you got your feet way out in front of you and I was sitting on a decline. So I was actually kind of reclined backwards. My feet were way up. My center of gravity's all the way back. You can't get out of those chairs quickly. And so I'm sitting there waiting on a turkey to come out. And all of a sudden this groundhog, which I mean, you're talking like 15 pounds, you know, giant ass fucking rodent. Yeah. looks like a beaver without a flat tail. That's exactly right. Calculator out. And this thing is about 30 yards away from me. And it's just like, you know, kind of sauntering along. And all of a sudden it pops up on its back legs and looks, I mean, literally looks right at me. So at this point I'm like, huh, wonder what this, uh, wonder what this groundhog's doing. So I'm like, I'm going to let him know I'm here. So I moved my shotgun over and cause I've got on a little monopod and it was across my, you know, in front of me. So I kind of move it and kind of aim it at him. And I'm like, Hey, look at my movement. Here I am. Get, get out of here. Little thing. Well, he hones in on it and that little bastard marches to about 20 yards and pops up on his back, on his back legs. And I just like that. I, in the I, I, yeah, literally just like that. And so I talked to it. I said, groundhog, I've got nothing against you. I said, these shells are $5.25 a piece. I don't want to waste one on you. Just, <laughs> just go on about your business. And immediately, like as soon as I quit talking to him, he got down on all fours, walked to 10 yards away, and pops up. I said, Groundhog, this is your last chance. Because, I mean, literally, you don't realize how vulnerable you are until you're sitting there with your leg, like in a little short camp chair with your feet plumb out in front of you and your nuts just exposed, right? I mean, you're sitting there. <laughs> I think I know what kind of camp chair, like the foldable camp chairs, like the little baby ones that right, are like but right it's on tur- the ground. Yeah, it's a turkey chair. So you're literally, your ass is literally about three and a half inches off the ground. You're, you're sitting there like you're about to, like you're in labor about to give birth. Like your feet and your legs, everything, just like those right there, okay? <laughs> so, I, and literally, that's what I told him. I said, Groundhog, I said, this is your last chance. I said, you get any closer, I'm dusting you. And at that exact moment, that asshole locked eyes with me. I swear to God, locked eyes with me, dropped on all fours, and charged. It's coming right for us. (laughs) That's literally one of the most scared moments I've ever been in my life. It's sitting there with my legs legs spread on the ground. I can't get up, and there's a giant fucking rodent, you know, like a 15-pound rodent running at my junk. He got to five yards, and I, I opened up on him. Yeah, uh, seven kilograms uh, for the rest of the world. Dude, seven he, kilogram rat. My, and my dad, my dad was about two hundred yards away. And as soon as I shot that some bitch, all of a sudden he—I mean—he literally fell out of his camp chair laughing. He thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life. But I'm telling I, you, I was—I was—I was in fear. Like literally, that's this, one of the scariest moments I've ever had in my life is being charged by by a groundhog. So how, how did how did you uh, how did you prepare a uh, groundhog like a pie or? No, no, that one, I actually, uh, I took it to my little brother to, uh, do ta- to taxidermy it and, uh, his, uh, freezer went bad and it kind of ruined it. Oh, yeah. Could have had so, a hat. Yeah. So imagine all the pictures you're looking at Monty, but then on like a decline. So I'm actually like <laughs> on a hill that's kind of sloping backwards. So I can't like literally all my weight, I, I'd have to roll over to get up. And by that point he'd be on me. Were you wearing like a fucking insane like squash suit like that? I was wearing a uh, uh, money type in an ASAT leafy suit. It's called an ASAT suit. You have a beer in one hand. Beer in one hand. Oh, leafy suit. What were you? Yeah, that's what I was wearing. What were you drinking? 
I just had a little had a little Dasani's all. When I was like oh, yeah, seven cool. years old, we we have a zoo in town. It's called the Victoria Zoo. Uh, they used to have a a petting zoo in the back. They used to have this uh, uh, this old caboose. It was like a big red caboose, and you could like go in there and learn a bunch of shit about like, trains for some reason at the zoo. Like you can get, like walk into the caboose and like you can learn all this shit. But right outside the caboose, they had this petting zoo, and. I was young, and I have I have two sisters, and my little brother wasn't born yet, and so we get to the caboose, and my mom's like, "Come on, let's go into the caboose," and I was like, "No, I want to stay out here, and I want to like I'd be at the petting zoo. I don't care about trains." And so uh, my mom was like, "All right, well, you can stay out here and feed the goats or whatever." I think it was like a goat and like a lamb, and like basically they had these little pellets. So you you turn the quarter and you and like feed comes out in your hand, and you can feed the goats and whatever. And so my mom was like, you know, here's like a dollar twenty-five. Like, go crazy, feed all the goats. And so like I get my handful of like this shit. And at the time, you know, I'm a little kid, so I got like little baby hands. So I feel like this, like, like, dude, I got so many pellets. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> I can feed the nation with these pellets. Well, uh, so I'm feeding these goats, and a brown squirrel comes up to me, and like I'm like, oh, a little squirrel, like I can feed everything. And so like I throw it like some pellets. And, like, it starts eating, and then, like, two more squirrels come out. And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm like, let me just, like, just drizzle out all of these, like, pellets to everybody. Well, then, like, I don't want to give all these squirrels the pellets because I want to still feed the goat. So I'm, like, being stingy with them. I'm like, here's some pellets. Well, like, five squirrels show up. And, like, I'm not giving them any more pellets, but they know I have pellets. And so one squirrel climbs up my leg. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm a child. Like, I'm in my shorts. Like, this this little thing is, like, clawing into my leg until it gets to my shorts. And then it's using my shorts to, like, you know, climb up me. And so I'm like, ah! It's like I'm screaming. I'm like, <laughs> I'm throwing the pellets. And as soon as, like, I throw the pellets at them, I guess all five of them at one time, like, try and run up me. And, like, I'm screaming. I run to the caboose. I'm like, ah! But I still the remember. The time for like, games is over. <laughs> and so, like, the squirrel, like, falls off me. But I still remember, like, the way its little hands felt on me. And like I made it to Caboose, man. The little like little squirrels fell off. Everything was like done. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" So like for the longest time, I was afraid of squirrels. They didn't bite me. They didn't do anything. But they like tried to take me down. And so like now, it's like that fear has evolved. Like I'm not afraid of squirrels anymore. I kick the shit out of a squirrel. But like I'm legit afraid of like raccoons. Like raccoons scare the shit out of me. Like I can't. Like, Dude, they're mean some bitches. I'll tell you that. Oh, like, I feed them by hand all the time. No, no we got. It's, yeah, I feed them by hand. I feed them crackers by hand all the time. They're too smart. They're too smart for you, man. You ever heard about that lady that fucking it attacked like a pack of raccoons attacked her and her dog, like almost killed her dog and like ripped her. I face know that all that up? Ca- from um Joe listened to Joe Rogan about the Canadian folk singer oh. that got eaten by coyotes and they ate her like ate her insides from the ass out while she was still alive. Dude, no joke. When that happened, yeah. I was uh, I was deer hunting that that season. And, uh, like that, you know, that was the first confirmed, you know, coyotes killed somebody. And so I'm sitting on the right. ground and the sun comes up and the, it was the one day that I forgot my, uh, my pistol. Normally I take my pistol with me and instead I just had my rifle and I had, like I said, I'm sitting on the ground, I'm in my leafy suit, everything's good. And all of a sudden these two coyotes top the hill and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And all of a sudden they keep walking toward me and I'm, and all I can think about, all I have in my mind is like, 
I'm going to be number two. Like, <laughs> this is going to happen. I'm about <laughs> to get eaten by a coyote. And they walked within, one of them was standing at about 15 yards, and the other one walked up to about five yards from me. And they could smell me, I guess, but they couldn't see me because I had my leafy suit on and I pulled my hood up and I was sitting there real still and had my head kind of tucked down. And that some bitch, it, it felt like forever. It was probably about two minutes. But one of them stood at about 15 yards looking around, making sure nothing else was going on. And that one paced in front of me, made like a, like a 10 to 15 yard just back and forth trying to find me and couldn't find me. And then finally they, uh, they ran off. But I, I was sitting there sweating my balls off thinking – I'm about to get eaten by a bunch of fucking coyotes and I don't have my pistol and I can't get my gun over. And cause they came in from, I'm a left-handed shooter and they came in around on my left side. And so my gun was aimed the other direction. It was a harrowing moment. Uh, you- God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> we got a new, we got a, a, a new player has entered the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I left the room to go get my uh, cell phone, and I come back, and Tim has turned into uh, Michael since they're both the same yeah, person. Tim, yeah, Tim's going to do a few things. Yeah, see, this proves to the world, <laughs> same guy. <laughs> How's it going, Michael? <laughs> very, very well. It's very fucky, yeah, but yeah, it's pretty good. Thank you. Mike, having a massive win online at the moment. I've been just purging all my old shit to try and fund some like a massive new project. And my project's like nearly completely funded now. What are you trying to build? Uh, I want to get Stonebird. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I've sold like, as of like right now, I've sold $1,120 worth of shit in the last two weeks. <laughs> awesome. How, how many dollars is that of like our dollars, I wonder? Uh, see, they always want to know what 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 the conversion is, but when they want to tell a story about miles, yards, and furlongs and bullshit, and moon units, you got to hey, talk about it. Ta- what did we just tell you about aircraft carriers? Do you want us over there or not? That's right. We got like 12. Yeah. If we're coming, we're I'm bringing our standard the, system with us. Yeah, I'm, le- I'm less interested in those and more interested in the, uh, the ones that will bring the Marines to save us, because like... No fly zone is just bullshit. Like an aircraft carrier can sit there and shoot shit down, crop dusters and stuff, whatever. But we want one of those landing ships of the Marines. We need one of those to come save us. Yeah, but us. those that's, those that's planes it. are coming first, baby, and they're going to just soften it up. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you ever seen Hossett? What is it? Uh, Hacksaw Ridge? <laughs> just like that. Yeah. So anyway, Jake will like this. So I got this buddy, his... his uh, so he he went out hunting. Peter's gonna have fucking hate this episode with all the hunting talk. But he went out hunting and he just bought a new bow and he just sighted it in and want, really wanted to try this bow out bad. Right. So him and his him and his buddy went out deer hunting. So one is in one tree stand, you know, sitting further away from the other at like two ends of this trail. Okay. And Jesse is sitting up in this tree, and they've been sitting there all day and didn't see nothing. So they said they were gonna call the hunt at you know whatever time. And he said there's only like 15 minutes left. So he's sitting there and he's bummed he didn't get to try his bow. And next thing he knows, here comes this possum walking along right out in front of him. So he's fucking eyeballing this possum and he's thinking, you know, I don't just like randomly killing shit, but I really want to try this bow. And he said he was young at the time and halfway stupid. He was like in his, you know, late teens, early 20s. And he said his monkey brain got the better of him and he decided to shoot this possum because he wanted to try this bow out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> natural. That's a natural reaction. It happens to all of us. 
Plus, like, your possums are fucking terrifying, like, mega rats. Like, over here, they're, like, cute, cuddly, like, doe-eyed, like... No, no, these are awful. Yeah, yeah, they're big here. So, and they don't die. They You can't not kill one. They're, like, almost... It's not even the size. It's the fact that yours looks like a fucking hell animal. See, look, how's a nice one? See how cuddly that is? Yeah, that's the willow. That's the little... That's it. And then look at that fucking shit pile. That's terrifying. That's horrible. Please don't yeah. kill me. <laughs> look how happy yeah. that possum was. Yeah, Why did we get the one shitty marsupial? Like every other marsupial is so badass. That's the only yeah. one we have. Oh, here's a, here's a comparison. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So for the, for the listeners, we're looking at a picture that has Australian flag one side with a cute possum, a little baby possum riding it. And then on the right hand side, like a hell rat. And ours straight up have rat tails, like fucking yeah. twelve inch long, hairless, right. naked rat tail. Yeah. yeah. So so Jesse fucking shoots this thing, and of course it's <laughs> awesome, so it doesn't die. So this fucking broadhead goes in one side and out the other, and it just takes off running. So then he's sitting there in the tree, and he realizes I fucked up because I just shot a thirty dollar fucking carbon arrow with Absolutely. the broadhead at. The all day. <laughs> it's rough. All day. So now he wants his arrow. Well, possums aren't fast. Like, they're not fast. So this thing's waddling through the underbrush with an arrow half in, <laughs> half out of it, through. <laughs> like, running up this fucking deer trail with Jesse chasing it. So the other guy is in the tree stand down at the other end of the trail. So he hears all this crunching in the brush. And all of a sudden, he sees this possum come through, come running <laughs> with this fucking arrow through it with bright orange feathers. <laughs> to find the arrow. He sees this possum come running and then run across in front of him and then disappear around these trees and the next thing you know he hears more crashing and here comes Jesse running <laughs> full chasing, the possum. Here, chasing the possum. And he's like god damn. He said he didn't even say nothing. He just sat there watching. <laughs> Dude, Ryan, I'm telling you I have had that conversation inside my head so many times whenever I'm bow hunting and I look at something because like you won't see a deer and you won't see nothing and then all of a sudden like a fox will show up or a squirrel and you go, you know, I could shoot that some bitch. And then you start doing the math in your head and you're like, okay, so this is a $7 era. I paid six and a half dollars to get it refletched. It's $40 for three broadheads. Uh, yeah. The, I learned my lesson early though. I was sitting in a tree and, uh, I saw a squirrel directly in front of me. So I'm 21 feet up in a tree and I see a squirrel directly in front of me and I decided it would be a good idea to try to shoot this squirrel. <laughs> and so I, uh, you know, I get full draw and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I, I punch the trigger. I don't know what happened. That little squirrel scooted like just at the right moment. I shoot right under his ass, like right beside his tail, stick my arrow into the tree, 21 feet up in the tree. <laughs> and then you go, well, shit, what am I going to do now? Like, so squirrels, <laughs> like squirrels run off arrow stuck in tree and you're just like, well, Fuck. And, and of course, then you start thinking, well, I need to get my tree stand down. So you climb down your tree stand. You start climbing up the other tree and you finally work it out and every, all your shit's broke. And you go, you know, that was, that was pretty fucking stupid. And even if I would have shot it, that's what I thought. I thought. Even if I'd have shot this son of a bitch, he'd have been fucking impaled just, to the. Tree. Yeah, kebab to a tree. <laughs> what am I going to do with him then? <laughs> I got, I don't I got know. a pretty terrifying <laughs> bow hunting Jesse's. Keller Bushcraft. <laughs> Jesse's nickname is Possum now, possum. by the way. That's what Mike calls sense. him is Possum because of that. I got a Vatican story after Michael tells his story because we brought up the Vatican earlier. Go ahead, Michael, with your story. Do y'all have javelinas where y'all live? I brought the Vatican flat. Negative. 
Do you, do you know no, what definitely not over here, mate. What's that? Some kind of fucking Mexican pig or something, right? It's a giant yes. rat. It's a giant rat that looks like a pig that has the anger of a Tasmanian devil, and they run in, like, packs yeah, of, like, peckery. 15, 20. God dang, look at them teeth. Okay. Yeah. So these things run in, like, packs of 15, 20, and, like, they make a very distinct, like, wail, like a little, like, pig. And, uh... They can call, like, basically, they can call on other packs to help them, like, and like these packs will merge and they're like, whatever. Oh, so, wait, 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 how did that, uh, what, what did it sound like again? Exactly, exactly. Click the picture with the hunter behind it so they can see how big they are. Yeah, they're not, they're just giant they're, fucking rats. That's a giant rat with hog yeah, teeth. Here you go, here's some ladies in front of it. So, yeah, see how big. So yeah, they're mean and as fuck. You can't eat them, right? They're, they're not worth eating. Like they're just fucking terrible. I know nobody that eats them. Uh, I just know they look so much like a pig. Hey, like yeah. for a, they just for tear a, all your shit up. They look like they pull these beasts and Are they actually a rodent? What's that? They look like uh, they look like those pigs. Uh, did you see that? Like oh, yeah, it's a pig. It's a it's the kind of pig. It's just a North. It's like a middle American kind of pig. North America. It's, it's like that that one pig that they that they were showing on a. Uh, like it was on Reddit a couple days ago, where like there was like that big ass like ancient pig that would like terrorize the the countryside like in whatever period before I don't know whatever. Anyway, so javelinas are mean as fuck. Well, one of my dad's buddies is a bow hunter, hardcore bow hunter, and uh, he went climbing up in a tree, and he had his gun, he had his rifle, he had a, he, well he's a bow hunter, but he also takes a rifle with him in case like he sees something it, it's weird but he caught, hey, if that big dude walks out at like 150 yards and he ain't never coming any closer you don't <laughs> yeah. want to be stuck with a bow exactly but squatch man the number one reason to be fucking heavily <laughs> armed in the woods he goes both ways anyway so he's sitting there and he's watching his de- he's watching his uh his feeder i i guess i, I guess it's I didn't realize until listening to like the last Joe Rogan that like a, a feeder is not a normal thing in other areas. Like in Texas, we Texas, have, it's how you do it. Arkansas yeah. too. Like in Tennessee, you cannot hunt over a feeder that's had food in it in at least seven days. Yeah, we have same thing in Indiana. It's it's super easy to hunt in Texas. You just put a little here. I'll show you. <laughs> put you some yellow acorns out there, and <laughs> they're called deer feeders. They just sit out there like. They, you sit, you set up a little camp like 60, 70 yards away from it. The deer come, they eat, and while they're eating, you shoot them. It's super easy. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> shitty, like to hunt in Texas. That's how it works. <laughs> okay. So he's watching his deer feeder, right? And he's waiting for, you know, deer to come. Well, his feeder goes off. It's, it, it spews out corn everywhere. It spins around, like shoots corn all over the place. And it's, it's got like a specific noise. Well, animals know when a feeder goes off, they can hear it uh-huh. and they, they time it. They know like what time the deer feeder is going to go off and stuff like that. And you get them like, you basically keep feeding them every day for like two or three months. And they realize, okay, at like eight o'clock I need to be here. And when I hear that noise, I need to hurry my ass up because the corn's going to be gone. Like it's going to spin out all this corn. Well, unfortunately for him, these javelinas found out about this deer feeder and javelinas are so fucking mean that they'll kill fucking deer. They don't give a fuck. They'll beat the shit out of it, kill it, whatever. Shit. And they'll just eat the deer and then they'll go back to eating corn. Like they're just, they're fucking horrible. Well, 
he's sitting there watching his deer feeder. It goes off, and all these little javelinas come in. There are about 15 little javelinas all eating his little corn. And he's sitting there. He's pissed off. He's like, man, I'm going to pop one of these fucking javelinas, maybe scare them off, and then maybe, just maybe, a deer will come out, even after hearing this loud-ass fucking blast, whatever. So he sits there. Boom, blows up one of these poor little pigs. And instead of running off, they fucking spread out, ran away from the dead body, realized what was going on, locked on him and ran to his tree and started attacking his tree. (laughs) And like, so he was up there for like three hours with javelinas at the bottom of his tree, sitting there fucking just tearing up his little tree. And he said like he could hear the tree like like making noises because he's in a little baby tree but you know he can hear like the tree like starting to like lose its like you know lose its strength because they're digging into the tree so much and they're just all sitting there in this big ass group just attacking like in wave after wave of just like attacking this tree just grinding it down and he could hear the tree like and all he could think in his head was i'm gonna have to he said i'm not gonna like i'm gonna have to keep one bullet to just like blast myself because I'm not about to die to all these stupid little pigs. And so like eventually like he had, I think he had like three or four bullets. He killed like three or four of them. They didn't give a fuck. They just like ran over their dead buddies and they're just like still attacking the tree and eventually one peeled off and then like two peeled off and like three peeled off and then eventually like they all just fucking left. He said it was like the most terrifying moment of his fucking life. Dude, that's crazy. And he said that when he finally came down from the tree, he ran to his fucking truck, he hauled ass and he drove his truck back out to the tree. And like he said, they were probably like, it was, it was like a, a 15, 16 inch tree. And like they had it like whittled down to like a eight inch, nine inch tree, like all around. Like it was just barely hanging what on the there. <laughs> like, <laughs> these little fucking rats, dude. These little javelinas, man. Like oh, after hearing that story. The willow dog, that's where the willow dogs evolved from. <laughs> yeah. So is, is uh, Michael a big Willow fan too? Um, Not as much as me, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I've seen it when I was like 10 once. Yeah. So they get some of Alcuma's best work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I've got to tell Michael, I'm glad he's here because uh, Michael doesn't listen to any podcasts. Um, I've, uh, I've got to try and get like this shit story that he told me, uh, like a military shit story. So. For, so Michael just walked in. He doesn't even know what we're doing here. Like we're in a chat call. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, nothing surprises me. Either. Yeah, we've got Ryan uh, and Monty from RFI and Jake DC, who's from um, Covenant of Fire, and they're doing. They're recording a Break the Glass episode, which is just like a talk fucking okay. crazy shit episode. And then they, like like we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's a high concept. I'm familiar. Yeah, and then on their regular show, they have like people call in. They've got like a call in number, which we called in. Yeah, I remember that. We, <laughs> remember that that popcorn's still all over this table too. Like we keep finding bits of it. Um, but uh, and lots of them, like somebody, I think I can't remember who it was first, but someone rang in and just told this like military shit story, like about like it was Scott. Things. It was the Cookie Monster story from Scott. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, and then another dude rang in with this. Oh yeah, the, so the Cookie Monster story was basically to quickly summarize it was a dude mm. who was in a Florida shitter somewhere over, in, in the military somewhere and it got was it blown over by a helicopter? Blown over by a, by, a Chinook. by a banking a banking Chinook. Yeah, <laughs> and it went and it went door front down, door oh. front. And then all the blue like fucking all the turds, pits and blue shit. One while I was painting earlier. Oh you yeah. do listen to podcasts? Yeah I told you I started. <gasps> oh my god. Wow. That's gonna be like 
one of the first, is that one of the first 30k stories you've listened to? Or first 30k yeah. podcast? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> awesome. How well, honored? You know all about. How honored do I feel right now? Yeah. yeah. So, I took my virginity of the 30k podcast. Yeah, well, there you go. So, but Michael's told me this like fucking story about a huge shit that he found in a toilet somewhere overseas. Ah, uh, yeah. You gotta tell him, tell, tell him about that because it's like a it's like a Bigfoot shit story. I listened to a Bigfoot cast right, and they spent an hour and 15 minutes talking about this huge shit that this guy saw next to a bus stop and someone had put a shirt over it because it was so confronting. <laughs> someone took off their shirt and placed a shirt over it. And they were like, and like everyone at the bus stop was like, what the fuck? And then someone walked over and was like, what is that smell? And there was like six or seven people at a bus stop somewhere in America. And this guy walked over with a stick and lifted this shirt off, an, off a huge, like it wasn't an animal. They reckon it was like fucking this guy happened to be on a Bigfoot cast and was like, it was definitely a Bigfoot shit. And he took photos of it on Facebook and everything. <laughs> it's definitely but a it, Bigfoot shit. Yeah. I like it, they it covered it with a shirt like it's a dead body. Like when you yeah. find someone dead in a movie yeah. and like out of respect, yeah. you cover it with your shirt. Yeah, it was, it was basically, it was <laughs> they get, shit. The expert gets there. Someone was like, yeah, some, it was a shit that was so confronting that someone was like, I would rather, I'll take off my shirt right now and spend the rest of the day shirtless for whatever I have to do this afternoon shirtless. Then, up, then, then, like a lady or a child or someone see that shit. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to like shovel it off the road or anything. But anyway, Michael, tell us about that huge shit you found. Uh, fucking in Kuwait. I was coming out of the PX. And I was like, oh, I've got to go to the toilet so bad. So I went into this, uh, like, when the, 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 the toilet. And like, yeah. And there was only a few spells. And like, they're awful. Like, people are like, oh, I'm in here, man. Like, okay, cool. This is an American dose, right? Not, yeah, yeah, not an Australian yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I went into the only one that wasn't occupied and I opened the door and I was just confronted with this shit that had the dimensions of an 81mm mortar. It was fucking <laughs> so big. It would have still been attached to this dude's ass when it had come to a complete <laughs> It was so big, it was so black. This dude must have been on so much pre-workout and just protein and shit that it had absorbed all of the water from the toilet. So it was like, no water in it. Just a mound of shit, the dimensions of 81 mil water. And I was just like, what the hell? How the fuck? How many, how, many, how many Curics was it? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, it would have been as big as Bono's fucking best shit either. It was fucking huge. Yeah. Holy um, Jesus! I would have I would have died if he said I was in the red desert in Afghanistan and I found this cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's not heard that story yet. We yeah. had a guy call in and talk about he was in a in a uh, Black Hawk and they were over the red desert in Afghanistan and couldn't land and he had to shit. So the only thing they had was a cooler. So he had to take the lid off the cooler and shit in the cooler in mid-flight. And he opened the door and threw it out in the middle of the red desert in Afghanistan. <laughs> like lock, lock, lock the lid shut and then just stop it. Yeah, but the kicker, the kicker is they had three civilian women on the helicopter and they're in the back and it's not like you can hide. So he had to shit while locking eyes with three civilian women in a cooler. Oh. <laughs> What's so funny is like we, you know, like somebody out there. Like is like in the desert, like dying of thirst in the red desert, dying of thirst, and like, is that a fucking cooler? And they pop it open. Bear grills, man. Fucking turd. Like. <laughs> Bear grills. Bear grills would fucking. Bear grills would literally. If he found that, he wouldn't even stop. He'd just get it. Go, okay, cool. Tip it so that all the water would come out into a plastic bag, and then he'd fucking use a tube to enter it up his own ass. Yeah, Bear grills is a fucking idiot. 
That girl, yeah. he would, he and would then 100% four, and then he'd go a, stay in a four-star four four hotel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, he had Obama on his but, uh, on his show. Wow, cool. I want to I want to get back to Michael's shit story. Like, it, how does someone blur a fucking eighty-one mil shit out their ass? I don't fucking just uh, can't even. I think I don't know, man. I don't know whether this dude was a shit artist or like what he was doing, but I suspect he had to like Mr. Whippet. Like, I suspect there was some kind of control, like he's some kind of Banksy style shit anarchist. <laughs> Some of that there's no way medicine. he walked. There's no way he walked right walking out of there. Yeah, no, fuck no. I'd love to see the kind of human that came out of because it was like ridiculous. Uh, yeah, like a huge fucking American dude. Yeah, <laughs> he just like walks out, left left some in there for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking. That's so fucked too. Like, so he couldn't. So do you reckon he tried? To, he flushed it. The water just filled up, and then it just absorbed it all. I'm just trying to drag it. I literally have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a. We, uh, where I used to work, the toilets had really weak um, fucking uh, suction, so you'd flush them and it like didn't do a very good job. So they had to install this pressure tank that would like up the water pressure, so you would like almost like flush a fucking uh, um, tennis ball or whatever. But the thing was, the valve to engage this thing was in the other room. So you like if you went in there and took a shit and it was too big to flush, you'd have to get up, wipe, do your thing, and then come out and turn this valve, and everybody knew what had happened. <laughs> so it's like you were like claiming Walk it. Walk so shame. Used, yeah, we used to call the valve. An ungodly we shit. We called the valve the Whopper Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if, if you guys like shit stories, I've got a shit story, but it's like the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's the opposite kind of shit. Yeah, like uh, we did an exchange with the Thai army. So I went to Thailand for two weeks, and they sent us like one of their companies, and we went over to their side. We were with them. And so I was like, yeah, cool, Thailand would be mad. It would just be two weeks of like, Thai food from a Thai restaurant. It's going to be king shit. And we get there, and it's like, I don't know, like, like lowest tier Thai food you could ever have. So it was just like fish eyes and all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> and we all had, like, the whole company had, like, four squat shitters for two weeks. And it's just all these big white Western guys, A, getting used to squat shitters, and B, just eating all this, like, food they're not used to. That's <laughs> about the second last day, the squat shit has just stopped working. So I was just like a fucking lid, brand new fucking private. And I was like, right, fucking go and sort that shit out. So like me and about four other guys went in there with like a fucking plunger. And because their squat shit is on the floor, we started plunging it. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. We reversed the polarity and like two weeks worth of shit just started oh, no. coming out. And boozing oh, out. No. <laughs> you formed a siphon. <laughs> It's like the shining when the elevator doors open and blood comes out and it's shit. <laughs> and like, we just ran. I was like spewing. Everyone was just like, and then we had to go in there and then because we'd made a mess, we had to fucking clean it up. Uh, fucking that sounds like the worst <laughs> fucking day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could just imagine like just like like coming home and like just sitting down. Fuck. <laughs> that fucking sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that the place where you had to, um, when that dude killed the chicken by like. Yeah, ringing its neck off. Yeah. Pulling its head off. That's how you get rid of chickens. All right, well, we better go. This is one o'clock now. We've got to uh, record um, the start of our latest episode. So we'll bid you guys adieu and talk to you later. Bye, Tim. Just, Bye, Michael. Bye.
It was good finally talking to you, Michael. Yeah, Michael, we'll have to do something where we can actually talk to you at some point. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, we'll be down with that. Normally, we just get stuck with Tim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Last <laughs> year for me has just been absolutely fucking crazy. I've just been like working away from home during the week and only home on the weekend. So basically, it's just I've got enough time to do the podcast and like make sure my house hasn't burnt down, and that's about it. Before I go back to that. <laughs> well, we keep telling Tim we're gonna like all chip in and get you guys the fuck over here for something. You guys got to make it to America. We'll show you guys like the craziest time you've ever had. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, well, I told my wife, I'm like. Tim had talked about that, and I told yeah. my wife, and she was just like, yeah, okay, but as soon as the kids are old enough to travel, we're coming. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do it soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're actually talking about doing a Patreon this yeah, year, just to plan. raise a few extra bucks, buckaroonies, to uh, go over to America for the next uh, Adepticon, oh, and uh, go to Rand's house and shoot some guns and shit. Oh, yeah, tell me about Rand's collection. No yeah. Adepticon 2018, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that more like coming soon. But what we're thinking of doing is um, having like a Patreon. Like, there's like two levels. I think you've got to have. I'm not sure if you've got to have three levels or two levels. But the first level would just be like one dollar proof our house housemates that we can actually make money off this thing. Although that we're not wasting our, wasting our time. And then the next one would just be five dollars. And then you get like, and then we'll do like an extra episode a month uh, for the people that uh, sponsor us on there. So if anyone actually wants to pay us money to fucking say fucking crazy shit, that'd be pretty awesome. Well, but and if anyone takes what's up here, if we come to your country and play a game against you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> just a, a thousand yeah. dollars an episode. Yeah. yeah. We talk about you like we know you and on every episode and also we'll come to your house and yeah. yeah. Get drunk and wreck your shit up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll make up stories of like cool shit that you did. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. We'll just insert you into our lives like we've known you all our lives and just every episode just be like, oh, I remember that time fucking Travis came around. Fucking Bradley did on the weekend. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's so <laughs> cool, man. I can only wish I could be as cool as him someday. <laughs> yeah, well, you pay us enough money, Michael, and we can make it happen. We can totally just retcon your entire fucking childhood, pretend that you, have, that you grew up with us. Yeah. Do you, we'll do, you, do you reckon he banged all those girls that night? Oh, of course he did. <laughs> of course yeah. he did. <laughs> Remember that time he choked a kangaroo with a brown snake while he was chugging a beer? God damn yeah. it. Yeah, his huge dick, of course he would have. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that 11-inch monster. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm showing everyone. All the checks love it. Um, before we go, though, I'll just quickly shout out the um, second War of Golok live uh, campaign that's going on. Um, we're in the first month, which is the uh, first month. Um, the uh, battle, the, the uh, campaign for this month is called The Death of Pater's World, which is essentially the first world that the traders showed up in in the cluster and just fucking mercilessly bombed it, moved on, but left like assassin teams and ambush squads and that sort of thing to fuck with the loyalists who showed up unsupplied and were hoping to supply from this world. So uh, games are, uh, the suggested games are 1,500 points with no vehicles, just walkers and infantry, that sort of thing. Obviously, you can play whatever the fuck you want. It's your game, it's your world. Um, it's your hobby. Yeah, that's right. It's your hobby. But our suggested games uh, are that. And then also 1,000-point uh, to 1,200-point zone mortality games rolling for catastrophic damage every round. So uh, we, Michael and I played a game, no, it wasn't last night, was it? Friday. Yeah, Friday night. Um, which uh, was uh, basically my my Mechanicum scavenger clade, just sort of like walk, going around trying to like uh, scavenge some shit for the loyalists, and then Michael's Alpha Legion 
uh, were just like, holy fuck, they're out in the lava fields. We need to stop them. So they put on, they all put on Terminator armor for the Dreadnought and fucking an Eversor Assassin and just tried to hunt down my general and eradicate him. Um, so it was, it was a fun battle. If you go to uh, join the second Golok War Facebook group, there's over 400 people in there already, which is awesome. And people are putting up battle reports uh, all the time. So if you play any games, just take a photo, take some photos. You can do a video. I did some quick videos each or every few rounds when I remembered while we were playing because we we're also drinking. Obviously, it was Friday night, and we're only human, or are we? Who knows? Um, but uh, the yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a uh, good game. Basically, uh, I'll, yeah, go there and check it out. Like, uh, see what the result was. But um, there's two more weekends, so I'm hoping that I can trick Michael into playing another two games this month. And put up battle reports for that. So we, you know what I'll uh, you know what I'll do, okay, Tim. Since you since you're yeah. do, since you're doing the Centurion mode thing, I got enough of my yeah. black shields painted. I can play that way. So I'll I'll try to film yeah. one at next game night using my black shields. Fuck yeah, awesome. That'd be awesome, dude. And then yeah, and then even if you send me the results um, or email the results to iversepodcast at gmail dot com or something like that, then I can enter them into the site um, on of thirty k dot com, or you can go there. Enter it yourself. It's just a skirmish report. You can create a profile for your army, do background for like what your dude's doing, all that sort of thing. And then um, you can use the land. We'll, we'll, we'll pull out your land raider and whatever else you painted in on the third game. So we'll play, we've played one game, 1500. We'll play a Zomitalis game. Yeah. And then we'll have like a fucking final confrontation. Maybe I'll bring some new Mechanicum unit. Hashtag Voltrax. Hashtag Voltrax. <laughs> nah, we're in Voltrax. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> fuck your shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's yeah. That we're just uh, sort of uh, organizing some games. It's good. Like it's, that, that would be the first game we played in how long? Like fucking forever. Like yeah, so definitely this year. But yeah, probably at yeah, least six months. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Global campaign, good reason to get some uh, games in, take some cool photos, put them up, put up some videos uh, in the group. And uh, what happens at the end of this month is we go over to uh, the next podcast, which I'm pretty sure I'd have to bring up, but I'm pretty sure it's, um, uh, I can't remember who, uh, I can't remember which podcast it is now, but I think it's Tom. Um, and they're... Uh, Geno52? Yeah, Geno52, or is it Sons of Harrison? No, it's, yeah, I think it is Geno52, actually. So Geno 5.2 will have their own suggested games and their part of the campaign. And then <clears throat> over the next 11 months, it, basically the campaign plays out the 11, the 11 most pivotal um, confrontations of this ongoing war. And you can play it out in real time because it's, it's a, it's a year-long fucking uh, war. So even if you play a game every weekend or every couple of weekends, you can get a few games in into the, into the campaign. Um, as you go along, you've got to sort of sway the battles one way or another. So... Uh, everyone can go and check that out. That'd be awesome. Over 400 people in the group already, which is uh, pretty awesome. Just uh, just uh, by fucking the power of the internet podcast system. And that's the thing. So I'll say goodbye. If anyone else has anything they want to say to Michael before we go. Bye, we love you. I'd love to hear some of your crazy-ass stories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, he has he has got a lot of harrow, harrowing tales. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, Michael, you got to listen know, to the I know. Apparently. Oh, my, that's what I was about to say. Don't judge us from that episode. <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to the latest episode, which I don't think is it out yet on iTunes. Or? No, you got, no, we got we, we're gonna record. We're gonna finish recording the last of it tonight. Ah, okay. Yeah, you got to listen to this one coming out, Michael. Apparently, there's a story on that that's so terrible that like 
they, they like did a disclaimer at the start, listened to it, played it in their episode, and then they were like, we're going to put another disclaimer on it. Go back and record a 20-minute fucking, like, uh, just uh, explanation of what people just listened to at the end of it. Like, so this is why you should not be offended. <laughs> I know what you're feeling right, right now. Like, <laughs> like, as soon as it's over. Yeah, it's just so- Sorry, it's so offensive. You got to play like a psychologist's phone number at the end of it, like just so, so <laughs> people need to talk to someone after. Uh, Before you listen, go and prepare a room with a whole bunch of coloring books and oh, sure. nice big, yeah, well, uh, nice big uh, bean bags. Just a nice safe space for you to retreat to once you've been offended by it. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. We'll yeah, catch you later. later. See you guys. Dude, I really hope that like other countries don't see us that way, but I feel like that's how that's how like a lot of countries see America right now. What? Like safe spaces and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Did you you didn't get rid of Jake, did you? Where's Jake at? He's still here. I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean it who knows? I mean, we're not over there. I mean I'm I'm sure they get it. I mean, surely they realize that you know, like that's just like one small segment of people that, you know, get on the news and squeak loud so they get video coverage. I don't know, man. I only hear about a portion of Syria, and I definitely don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I it hear could be that. a really nice place, but some of the other shit I hear about. <laughs> so fucking crazy. So, Jake, dude. I saw that you got some shit on like your podcast for fucking talking about alligator hunting. Did you ever get to go alligator hunting or that shit got canceled? Like what happened? No, it got shit canned, man. I got a, uh, I was supposed to go next week and, uh, or next weekend. And what happened was, uh, like, a, you know, let's see about a month ago, we got an offer on our house. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so our closing date is March the 2nd and we're actually moving out of our house uh, was that February the 24th or whatever it is. Okay. So like two weeks from now, I'm, I've got to be out of my house. And then the week literally before we moved, I was going to be on a gator hunt and I was going to drop like a grand. And it was just kind of one of those, the timing just didn't work out. Cause you know, I mean, I've got to pack, like, I was like, I can't leave my wife here with my kid to pack this house and get it ready to move to be out of next weekend and blow a thousand dollars right before we buy a new house. Just uh, timing didn't work out. That fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because I was pretty damn excited about it. But where were you going? Were you going to like Louisiana? Uh, do it like uh, the Everglades, Florida. Oh, oh man, the mean alligators. Those are like way more uncontrolled than fucking than the Louisiana alligators. The real deals. Yeah, but no, it's it's all good. I mean, it'll it'll they're, they're, they'll be there when it, you know the next time I go. So it's it's all good. It just sucks. It was my uh, my roommate in college. We grew up together and played like elementary football together. It was his thirtieth birthday, and so his wife set it up as kind of like a surprise birthday party kind of thing. And um, so yeah, it kind of it kind of sucks. But hey, Ugh, you got to do what you got to do, and we really need to get out of this house and buy a new house. So, you ever done any exotic hunting or anything like that? Or no, that- I've never. Uh, I mean. Like all the standard stuff, nothing. There's a lot of things I've wanted to do, just hadn't hadn't really gone out and done yet. Um, mostly the you know, deer, turkey, squirrel, uh, raccoon, that kind of stuff. I kind of like. Uh, I, I guess y'all's hunting is like completely different than like Texas hunting or whatever, because you know here everything's high fence. Like everything is like uh, yeah, 
Um, uh, if there's any exotic running around, like Nail Guy, uh, uh, Red Stag, anything like that, any of those like monster yeah. fucking deer and stuff like that, uh, if it is roaming free, you don't have to have a tag. You don't have anything. You just right because it's it. not native. Yeah, you yeah. just shoot the hell out of it. You shoot the shit out. We of it. uh, what we do have, we've got some hunting lodges that are that are high fence, but um, but not near like Texas. It's pretty much everything we do is is uh, there's a lot of either low fence or no fence hunting lodges, and then there are uh, then you just you know hunt public land and stuff. But my little brother, his uh, his wife is actually. Uh, her dad is a hunting guide for one of the local uh, hunting lodges, and I mean you can hunt. I mean if you if you tell them you want it and you'll pay for it, they'll go get it. And uh, <laughs> I want to kill a man. <laughs> yeah, I mean literally like short... <laughs> hard target, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short of that, they will get it. And so it's funny. Like we were walking through one time. He's like, "Hey, have you ever you ever seen the barn?" I was like, "What are you guys talking about the barn?" And so. We drove over to this. I mean, literally, it looks just like any other barn, like just some random, you know, barn on a farm. You open it up, and there's fucking kudu in this stall, and there's like long-haired sheep in this stall, and there's like a fucking goat from Africa in this stall. And it's neat to see all these kind of you know exotic, you know, crazy animals. And then, but the one of their big draws too is uh, pigs. So they've got a lot of boars and stuff that you, which a boar. You know, everybody's got an opinion on high fence versus low fence and whether it's ethical, whether it's not ethical, or whether it is whether it is hunting or isn't hunting. When it comes to a pig, man, it don't matter whether you're hunting high fence, low fence. A pig's a fucking pig, and they're mean as shit, and they will tear your ass wide open. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you've got to, like, do y'all have a pig problem or no? Oh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a pretty, ours isn't as bad as some, but what our issue is is where Texas has a whole lot of, uh, a lot of, pigs we've got ours have crossed they've crossed them with the russian boars and to try to you know because that's what people want to hunt they want to hunt the russian boars because they look i mean that's when you think of a wild boar that's that's what they are and so ours are a lot more bristly and uglier and like it don't look like just a farm pig that just running around loose it's a fucking mean goofy long some bitch and they will they will tear you tear you up yeah, I'm trying to look up some uh, pictures. Like, I, I can just go to my Facebook feed and like, I know there's a dude right here, John. Yeah. Like, they go get some monsters. Yeah. Like, it's just. Yeah, Alabama's got it worse. Like, where my where my grandparents live and where I'm originally from has got it pretty bad. Uh, Tennessee's not quite as bad. A lot of it's temperature related, but they've started moving. They've started migrating. We've actually just started getting armadillos too, which is something we don't normally have here. Oh, uh, we we have an armadillo problem. Yeah, they're off. It's a fucking armored possum. Wait, it's they look funny. Pretty cute. They look pretty cute in pictures. Are they cute in real life? No, no, not at all. They give you no? uh, they give you a disease. Uh, fucking leprosy. Leprosy. Yeah, they'll give you leprosy. That's not good. And they dig holes that are like eighteen to twenty four inches wide, and they'll just fucking burrow all your shit and and. A lot harder to kill than a possum. Did I tell you about flinging um, a copperhead at my buddy's face on accident? <laughs> no, we, we were sounds, cutting. It sounds like we were cutting. Friendly thing to do. We were cutting firewood, and I cut this log into and rolled it out of the way, and there was a copperhead underneath it, and uh, it spooked me. And I had this stick because we were 
we were rolling shit, and I like I already had like I picked up, you know, I cut the tree up, sectioned it up, and I had a branch in my hand, and I was picking up branches, and there was a branch that I was picking up to throw on the pile that was underneath one of the logs. So I kicked, you know, with my foot, rolled the log out of the way, and there was a copperhead there. And I panicked, and I had this stick in my hand, and I just put the stick on the ground next to it and, like, flung it, trying to fling it into the woods. But when I flung the stick, it, like, went around the stick, like, almost, like you know, like, came off the end of the yeah. stick and went to the side. And he was, like, bending over, picking something up, and this copperhead oh, literally geez. just, like, goes right past his head and face. <laughs> and, like, into these woods where I, like, threw a snake at him. He was like, holy shit, oh, flung geez. a copperhead at me. And I know, Michael, I've told the story on the podcast before where the copperhead got stuck in my garage door, the head. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, I came home and opened the door to come in the house, and I'm going to walk in my garage, and I look, and right on like that little concrete part that comes, you know, that sticks out of the front of your garage where your door seals on it, there's a copperhead, and it's laying there. And I was mm. like, I was afraid I was going to walk towards it and was going to spook it and scare it into the garage. And then I'm going to have this fucking snake in the garage. I'm going to tear my garage apart to get the snake out. And I don't want to deal with that. So I call my wife on my phone and tell her to close the door. And when she goes to close it, it gets really near the bottom. And the snake turns and looks at the door and strikes at the door. And yeah. its fangs go into that rubber seal at the bottom. Oh, and the geez, door yeah. closes and it just closes its, on its head. So then now the snake's pinned in the door. Its head is being smashed by the door. Oh, shit. <laughs> so... We eventually just cracked the door a little bit, and it's pulled its head out and reclosed the door, and then uh, I just shooed it off. But pretty <laughs> funny. Sorry, little snake. Sorry, snake. I sprayed it with a garden hose until it fucked off. <laughs> Ryan, you're a lot kinder than most. <laughs> For real. Yeah, they say they don't. Uh, that copperheads may be in like close to endangered because people keep killing them, at least here. So I try not to kill. I mean, they're pretty. You know what I mean? They're not like, it's not something you run into a lot. I mean, they're they're common. It's not something like when yeah. you're in the woods, it's rare to see. But I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like an issue. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I it's live and let live. You know what I mean? As long as they're not on me, near me, or can fucking hurt me or somebody else I know, you know, let them do their thing, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that a raccoon riding a boar? <laughs> uh, yeah, that does appear to be a raccoon riding a boar. <laughs> <laughs> on they are learning <laughs> is that like the monkeys that ride the pigs have yeah. you seen that yeah. the deer they're little deer that the monkeys ride the little deer have you seen that michael yeah they hop on it and just take off yeah. it's like the, it's an actual learned behavior you can come to texas and do this ryan you ever shot anything from a helicopter i no, want to do that so bad it. yeah monty knows the guy monty's flown the helicopter before yep his name's John Fuller. This is actually that's the outline of a Robinson, like straight up. I don't. I think it's yep. an R forty four. Yeah, it has to be. Do, do, do. <laughs> what are they shooting? Is that a is that an automatic shotgun? No, it's an AR fifteen. Is what it looks like. Yeah, definitely. See, that's that's the worst thing about it, Monty. Is that one of the things we were looking at on this gator hunt? You could add in a pig hunt, and basically what you would do is you would ride around in an airboat. And just like shoot every pig you saw. Really? And I was, yeah, like so literally, just you could land? just sit. Just yeah, like... you could just you could just sit to ride in the front of an airboat at like full speed, just driving around, and then you see a pig and you just shoot it. And just well, people don't understand about how big of a problem they are. They're an invasive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to find this video that was like shared to my Facebook. So before I forget, my buddy Chris just recently went to vacation in Rome and he went to the Vatican. And I guess they told him like there's certain areas you can't take photos or something. And he's like normally like he's not a bad guy. Like he it wasn't like he was trying to be sneaky or whatever. I guess he forgot or got in an area that you're not supposed to take a picture, but he didn't realize it. Right. Uh-huh. So he takes a fucking picture, and this he said the Swiss guard, they're in that fucking full, like, blue and yellow striped puffy outfit with the giant feathered fucking hat with a halberd. Like, yeah. comes out of nowhere and starts yelling at him. <laughs> and he said he was so terrified that this large dude in this goofy fucking bright outfit with a halberd, like, came charging at him screaming because he took a picture in the wrong area. <laughs> dude, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so Fuck we yeah, dude, I don't him. know what he's going to do with that halberd. <laughs> like, if, you're, if you're confident enough to carry a halberd in a world of guns, then yeah. I, don't, like, I don't know what the fuck you're capable Google of Google it, doing. Michael. Look up, look up Swiss Guard, and you'll fucking see it. It's funny, man. They oh. wear this... They look like an Empire fucking foot soldier from Warhammer Fantasy. Straight up. It's like a... Bright blue and yellow, <laughs> oh, like geez. red, with fucking feathers and shit, and they all have halberds. That's what the guy, the guy looked like that and come at him with a halberd. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, you don't fuck with that guy. He knows how to use that halberd. He's not going to look that stupid and not know how to keep it. He's your out in halberd. public wearing that. Look he don't this. give a fuck. Fuck that dude. I'll beat that dude's ass. That guy? Fuck that guy. That's crazy. Have you ever seen the uh, the like what happens if you <laughs> like torment those uh, English uh, those British oh, yeah. soldiers with the big hat? What are they called? The Queen's Guard. Yeah. Oh yeah, they get, for the Queen's Guard. <laughs> just... Yeah. Have you seen the video of the little girls on the fence? And he comes marching over there and screams, "Get off the fence!" <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. Hey, they'll yeah. straight up do that at the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier too. Yeah. yeah, they'll yell at you if you're too loud. <laughs> like, you just, like, getting yelled at by, like, as an adult is, like, probably one of the, the scariest things that could happen to you. <laughs> like, just legit getting fucking yelled at. I'm trying to find this video that rolled up on my Facebook, like, th- for the past couple days. It's like, uh, I want to say it's an airboat. It's got to be an airboat. And they're just running through just annihilating pigs dude i'm trying to find it like, he was just like seven they killed like 72 pigs or something like that yeah that was that was an add-on for my gator hunt and uh would that would have been awesome oh there's all these crawfish boils going on today too oh man now you're making me hungry <sighs> we got a guy that moved up here from louisiana he's actually from louisiana that has a cajun restaurant in the town next town over it's pretty good that doesn't suck it's- it's like authentic, authentic Cajun food. Do y'all do crawfish? Yes. Okay. It's not something common. That guy has it. Yeah, it's crawfish season right now, so like everybody's doing fucking crawfish right now. So that's pretty That's pretty popping right now. <clears throat> so Jake, dude, what do you what do you do for a living, man? I work in uh, project management. I actually work for uh, for TVA, TVA, which is uh, for those who don't know Tennessee Valley Authority. It's the uh, the largest public owned power company in the United States. Okay. And so basically, we're like a 
were a company that's owned by the federal government or is a part of the federal government. And so what I do is I've, I've used to work construction management. Now I'm in project management, um, for, uh, large hydro projects. So basically re rehabilitating, uh, hydroelectric dams. Okay. So that's, that's kind of what I do. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in project controls. So basically my job is taking information from what is happening and then turning it into things that executives and people that don't know what the shit a turbine is or anything like that can understand to let them know whether we're good or we're bad. No shit. That sounds like you deal with a lot of people that like I would never want to talk to you daily. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> you get to walk into meetings and try to explain to people that don't know anything about anything why everything is okay. And it yeah. can uh, sometimes it goes great and uh, sometimes it sucks ass. It's funny that you do that because I'm like on the other end. The people that you have to talk to that obviously doesn't know what the fuck they're doing or talking about get to make the rules and policies that I have to follow trying to do my job on the ground. That's absolutely right. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty fun to have a guy in a three piece fucking suit that, you know, doesn't even know what coal is come to the coal yard and tell you how to, you know, spread oh, yeah. the coal around the coal yard and what conveyor belt does what and how to do your job. It's pretty entertaining. No shit. You shovel coal? I didn't know you shovel coal. I used to. We don't anymore, but I used to. Oh. I always said that there was a uh, the uh, fossil plant I used to work at. We were uh, I used to work at the Gallatin steam plant. And one of the projects we were doing were we were installing a uh, FGD and SCR, which is a, a scrubber. And yep. so when it, whenever anybody talks about clean coal, that's what that's what they're talking about. It takes yeah, we out got like, we used to have we used to have one. We have one now, but it's just it's not operational anymore because right. they converted it to gas, so it just sits there and rots. Right. So it yeah. takes out like 95% of the particulate and the sulfides, all that fun stuff. So, but I remember right outside of my window, we, uh, we had a 10 plex trailer and right outside of my window was, was the coal pile. And I mean, the coal pile is just, I mean, it's huge, just massive thing. And I used to watch this guy as I would be sitting here, you know, working on presentations and shit and trying to get ready for an executive vice president to come in and, and ask a bunch of questions and try to explain to him why, you know, our, our billion dollar project is good. Um, I remember I would get frustrated and I just look out that window and I'd watch this guy in a D10 Caterpillar dozer. Literally his whole job all day was to take coal <laughs> from the bottom of the pile and drive it up to the top of the pile. And then he would just back up and do it all, you know, again, I'm sitting there going that motherfucker right there. He's got the, like, he's, he knows what's up. He's got the fucking job because when he walks in every day, what does he worry about? Not a damn thing because he knows all day long he's going to go out there in that fucking dozer and he's going to push shit from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile. Ain't nobody going to fuck with him. Ain't nobody going to, you know, there ain't going to be no overtime. He's just going to go, you know what? I'm going to put in my fucking earbuds. I'm going to walk out to this fucking D10 and I'm going to push coal all day. I was like, that guy. That well, guy that's not up. what happens. I used to be that guy. And that's <laughs> not what happens because some fucking bureaucrat in the front office that wants to justify his job comes up with a new fucking piece of paperwork you have to fill out every goddamn day. And it's irritating. I, the worst piece of paper that we had to fill out was on a daily basis, you had to fill out whether there was dust or not. Because you can't have dust that travels off the coal yard and moves off-site. So oh, if yeah. it's real dusty, you have to stop it. But you have to report. So they tell you 
Um, we have multiple coal crushers, the coal yard and all this. So you have this boxes that you check, yes or no. Is it dusty at this point? Yes or no. Is it dusty? <laughs> but you fill it out for the whole month, right? And then turn it in. So my thing is, if it's February fucking 2nd and it's dusty at Crusher 2 and I checkmark that box, I don't turn it in till the 29th and you're not going to look at it. <laughs> so what the fu- what are you going to do 30 days later? Oh, look. Crusher A was dusty 31 days ago. What like what good is that piece of paper? <laughs> and I explained it. I used to just write write messages on it and like just like totally fill it out, totally fucked up, and turn it in j- just to see if I got a response. Like, does this actually go anywhere? Does people actually look at this? And I never like I would just draw smiley faces on it, sign it Pee Wee Herman. Do whatever, <laughs> draw penises on it. Nobody ever said anything. That's awesome. <sighs> just ridiculous. Ryan, you just crushed my dream job. Now I, I truly believe that life is just meaningless and we're all just like, you ruined <laughs> it for me. Like, like, that was my dream. Like, that was a dream. One day I well, knew that if I didn't want to be fucked with, if, if everything went to shit, I could just go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to learn how to drive, drive a dozer and I'm going to fucking push coal all day. Well, the job that you could get. Well, they don't have coal plants anymore. You could do my job. That's how my job is. I go to the storeroom. I work in the storeroom on night shift. Yeah. And they've and they've moved everybody else in the plant. They've taken them off night shift since they switched to gas, but they forgot about me. Nice. So I sit in the supply room by myself with no one to supply at the plant. Brian, you may have the greatest job ever. <laughs> so I, I, I joke that I'm the guy from Office Space that they haven't yeah. fixed the glitch of not getting a paycheck yet. <laughs> one day, me. one day they're gonna. Fire. One day like, you're gonna be Milton. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna get fired. They're just gonna fix the clerical yeah. error. Fix yeah. the glitch. <laughs> no, it'll, resol- it'll resolve itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't but, fire no, him. To, we just. I used to work was... in the coal yard until they switched it over to gas. But see, they they came out with all that clean coal bullshit, and they made us build this scrubber. Yep. So we had we had to raise our raise our monthly rates for our customers. So our customers yep. got all their 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 uh, rates raised. Then we had to hire a bunch of people to run the scrubber. So we had all these extra employees. Yep. And then within within like five years, they now say, well, th- this is none of this is even good enough now. So now you have to switch to gas. <laughs> so now we we would have had to cut our workforce in half anyway. But now we have extra people on top of that to run the scrubber. Plus we've already charged our rate payers the cost of this scrubber that we're no longer using that's not supposed to be paid off for like another 40 years and now we have to charge them for the gas conversion <laughs> it's a mess it's a total mess I so like, i can't wait till that day comes where there's a fucking uh a, what do you call it like a a consultant that's gonna pull you aside just be like so what exactly do you do but <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> What that guy doesn't realize is I've had three years to sit and think about the answer. So that's right. <laughs> what exactly do you do? <laughs> that's so funny. Jeez. Oh, so yeah, that's what I do. It's badass. I work IT. That's... I work IT in the oil field. That's what I do. Nice. Well, if you ever want to move, we can get you up here if we're working for our power plant. <laughs> Me? <laughs> or are you talking oh. about Jake? <laughs> I don't know. That's fucking great, though. You got any other stories you want to share? Oh, did y'all see this? What is it? Uh, so, our buddy Ryan. No, no, come on. 
I was scrolling too much, and my computer's just now catching up. Our buddy Ryan, that owns one of our local stores here, got his uh, Sigismund Pro painted. Right? Oh, yep. Yeah, that's brutal. And uh, his new puppy didn't like the paint scheme. Oh, no. <laughs> Destroyed it. Oh, uh, that is not cool. He's allergic to Forge World resin. Like, huh. straight up, straight up, like, almost, like, fucked himself up real bad one time trying to, like, wow. work on models. Wow. That's weird. Is he allergic to all resin or only Forge World? <clears throat> uh, only Forge World. Not even China resin. He's fine with China resin. <laughs> Just Forge World. Okay. That's odd. And so, uh, yeah. He has to get it pro-painted, and his dog decided to chew it up. His Sigismund. He paid some money for that, too. It's like that was pro-fucking-painted. That would suck so bad. Yeah, that's one thing is my my pets don't seem to care about, you know, models. My little white dog would probably chew it up, but I don't let her in here. I keep It's it's on lockdown, and I keep all my stuff put away. Bo, the only thing he's ever chewed up is uh, I primed a land speeder and left it outside to dry for like five minutes while I went back inside to get something. And when I came back out, it was gone. Uh Oh, <laughs> so it's, it, it became, it went inside my 82 pound boxer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, did you never see it again? Like, nope. nope. <laughs> uh, he, he ate that some bitch. Damn. Dude, boxers are garbage disposals, man. I used to watch, I, I had a, a boxer named Cammy. She was, she was still little, but she used to take like branches. They weren't sticks. They were literally branches off trees and she would drag them into her doghouse. And so she'd be laying in her doghouse and she'd have like six feet of branch sticking out and you could watch it and it would literally just get shorter and shorter and shorter. She would eat it. What? She would eat, bra- she would eat branches and she would eat uh Coke cans. And when she would shit, literally it would be nothing but mulch and Coke cans. There'd be no shit. And what kind of dog was That's this? Mess- this was a boxer yeah, boxer. I know goats are like that. Have you ever owned goats? Yeah, we've got. I've we've had goats pretty much my whole life. They'll they fuck, are stupid. He'll <laughs> step on alfalfa to get to a cigarette butt. Yeah, they're the only thing they can eat is uh, mountain laurel. It'll uh, it'll flat kill them. Mountain laurel. What is mountain laurel? It's like a it's like a viney kind of thing that grows out in the woods. Um. If you if you get goats, you got to make sure and clear it out because when they when they eat it, it'll uh, it'll tear them up. It'll end up killing them. I know people supposedly. I don't know if it's true or not. Supposedly they'll feed goats poison ivy, and then if you drink the goat's milk, you, supposedly it helps your immunity to getting poison ivy. Oh my! Hmm. I, that's I don't think like you can even read about it online. I think it's like they don't know if it's true or not. Like it's not been disproven, but it's not proven. That sounds like one of those drink your own urine kind of things. Yeah, the Machida brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's freaking weird. So yeah, I don't know. I've seen a goat literally eat a lit cigarette butt, where you can hear it going pss, 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 as they're eating the cigarette butt. <laughs> oh my god! I'm telling you, man, goats. Goats are literally the they're the dumbest creatures that I've ever had the pleasure of being around. They got creepy eyes too. Yeah, they're like oblong uh, pupils. They look like, yeah, they look like hourglass eyes. Yeah. Yeah, we've had them. Um, goats think, are nasty. Male, yeah. male billy goats are like the nastiest. Oh, dude, 
what they'll do is they'll sit there and they'll shit and they'll piss all over their legs and then they'll step in shit. And then when it's time to, for breeding season, they'll they'll step in their own shit and then they'll rake it all over their face and their bodies and stuff. And so they literally cover themselves in, in piss and shit. Because yeah. what apparently the stinkier you are, like the more attractive you are, that's how they get the girls. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's not good. And and then they get on you and that stink, man, it's so hard to get off. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Sorry, You're I dumb. I, I've never, I've never owned a goat or been around a goat or working with the goats. Like, so, couldn't tell you. Yeah. What? I'm sure good. me and Jay, Billy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got one or two goat stories. Yeah. That's for sure. Were you in FFA in high school? I was not. I was in 4-H. Um, I was in soil judging and FFA. I was a nice. fucking yeah, farmer nerd. Farm nerd. It, it was a lot like, like the Boy Scouts, for example. I wasn't in the Boy Scouts because my dad, his mindset was, well, that's stupid because you do all that stuff anyway and you don't need approval or you don't need you know recognition for it. Just go fucking do it. Like, you go right. camping every weekend. You don't need the... And so it was kind of like that with with 4-H and stuff too. It's not that he didn't support it. He was just like, like you just like that's life. I don't understand what you, <laughs> whatever you know. But uh, I wasn't in any of that stuff. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like as a Texan, I let a lot of people down. But nope, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, growing up, we've. I mean, it was it was we had cattle uh, for a while, and then we had then we. Dad's had goats for shit like 15, 20 years. And then chickens and rabbits and all the anything you can buy or sell at a flea market. That's what we had. <laughs> Did you grow up on like a lot of land and stuff, or was it just kind of like. Yeah, we had uh, like my, my, where I grew up was uh, we have eight acres of my dad's and then it's surrounded by 100 acres of my grandpa's. So pretty much, yeah, we were, I ran, had about 100 and. About 110 acres that I ran around on growing up. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, we don't got that kind of acreage or anything like that. And then, like, my parents, my my dad's dad uh, back in Alabama has got about 400 acres. And then my other grandpa that's also in the same town in Alabama has another 400. So, pretty much, yeah. No matter where I I went, I I was on a farm somewhere. My grandparents had a forty-two acre farm, and that's I, I spent my entire summers there. I just stayed yeah. with them. That was that was me growing up. Was uh, going to Alabama for the summer and uh, working on Grandpa's farm. Before uh, before I could get an actual job, so before I was sixteen, I used to make money by seining crawdads and selling crawdads to the bait and tackle shop. Yeah. So you would, I would always get my bucket and then like try to like we had two bait shops in town, so you'd like. You well, we didn't want to like take the bucket in and then get a price and then take it to somebody else because we didn't want to piss them off. So right. I'd always like send somebody in just to ask what they would do it with. We you know with none. Like I'm about to go sing some crawdads. What's your price? This and that. We'd always sell it to the one that would give us the best price. That's, that's <laughs> it was funny because you. I was like eight or nine haggling with like some sixty year old guy over what he's going to give me for my crawdads. <laughs> how, how how much like crawdads would you like? get oh you bucket full or like what? oh you'd get a shitload we had a little creek down at the park and you'd get a seining net 
Have you ever done this, Jake, where you get the po- two poles with the net in the middle? Have uh-uh. you, did you do that? It looks like a big scroll. So it's yeah. like big, long, like almost looks like broomsticks, and there's a net in between the broomsticks. I'm and you. you roll the net up till it fits. Like when you put one, you have to have two guys. You get one on one side and one on the other side of the creek, and you put the pole down, and you push the pole as far down underneath the bank as you can to get it tight against the bank because that's where all the crawdads like to be. Right. And you walk slowly and you poke while you're keeping the net like – you don't want it like perfectly tight. You want it where it's making like a U shape. Yeah. So when you scare them out and you're go- working your way up the creek, they get caught in the net as they keep swimming. And you yeah. work your way from one end of the creek and you go all the way down, and you try to keep the net as tight to the bottom as you can. Right. Um. While while also keeping the poles as tight to the side as you can, and you do it a few sections at a time, and it, you'll catch, you'll get a bunch of rocks <laughs> and all kinds of shit like caught up in the net. So you only get so far before it gets so heavy because it's like got grass where they've mowed or moss or whatever right. and you you get it out and then you pull the net up on the bank and you clean it out and get all your crawdads out throw them in a bucket and then just keep working your way yeah up the creek and when we yeah. get done get at the end we'd have like a five gallon bucket full of crawdads that's awesome and they they'd give you like 10 cents a crawdad or some shit like that or five cents and we'd go in there and make you know 40 50 bucks and i'd split it with my buddy that helped me do it and that's we'd got our like when i used to play Warhammer, when I originally got into it, that's how I buy a lot of my models, was from Sane and Crawdads. Your Crawdad money. <laughs> crawdad money. And then when I uh, turned 16, uh, I worked... I went to school and worked two jobs. I worked at uh, Walmart and worked at a card shop. So I'd get off of school and walk straight to the card shop and work at the baseball card shop till like 5 or 6. And then... Uh, as soon as I got my driver's license, I also worked at the Walmart and would go there and work till 11 after I got off work at the card shop. Dude, as I was cleaning my room today, I was, you know, cleaning out my kind of my little man cave for uh, getting ready to move. I found my all of my uh, collectible cards and shit that yeah. I had in a binder that I've had since probably I was like nine or 10 years old, started flipping through. It's funny, all of the uh, all of the, the names and the players and stuff that I had no clue who they were like as a kid. And then I go yeah. back and I look and I'm like, oh, holy shit, you know, like I can't, you know, that's the, I can't believe I've got that card. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's just neat to kind of go back and, because I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know why I collected them. I guess I thought they were cool at the time, but it was probably about two years of my childhood. I collected baseball cards, uh, football cards. I got some NASCAR yeah. cards. I think everybody does that as a kid in the United yeah, I States. I think so. Everybody has baseball, basketball, some type of cards. Nope. <laughs> Didn't have any of those. Yeah. I did The worst the thing I did Pokemon. I, I burnt I burnt a Dale Earnhardt card because I hated Dale Earnhardt. Oh my god. And <laughs> and then like a year later he so died. Religious. <laughs> you, cursed big, you cursed him. Well, I was a big Rusty Wallace fan, so it was one of those like Rusty and Dale didn't get along, so I was like, ah, oh, screw you, Dale Earnhardt, and I burn his card. Now I'm like, man, I sure wish I had that. I remember this kid in uh, middle school, that's when Dale Earnhardt died. He loved Dale Earnhardt, like, and everybody like knew that he loved Dale. Like He'd always talk about Dale Earnhardt, like biggest fan level, yeah. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt. And then he died like when I was in seventh grade or something like that, and that kid was out of school for a week, man. <laughs> he was like done. Like, he Dude, it was die. brutal. Like, like a legend died. It's like, don't worry, his son's still racing. It's not the same. Old Junior. I don't think he's ever won a championship, has he? 
No, but he wins the like favorite driver award every single year. <laughs> favorite award, but he's, he's never won. Actually- uh, he's won Daytona twice, but he's never. Yeah, won. Yeah, he's won a lot of big races. He's just never actually won the championship. Yeah, hadn't strung it all together. How does that work? I don't know how NASCAR works. Well, they change they, they change they it keep, every year. Yeah, they keep changing it. It's essentially like every race that you, whatever place you finish, you earn a set number of points. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, whoever has the most points wins. That's how it used to work. And then they went to this playoff thing where you did it the exact same way as the old way, but then the last 10 races, they just took... Right, it was for seeding. It was for seeding. So they everybody went to zero points right before the last 10 races, but they took the people that had the top... 10 high yeah before they did that and then it's only those people that score points in the playoff and they slowly eliminate it's kind of fucking dumb now the way they do it honestly yeah now now it's uh they have a it's a true playoff because before people were upset that you would go you know you'd get halfway through the season and or three quarters three quarters way through the season somebody could already won and so the last few races wouldn't matter because the championship's already set because and ratings purely on points. The end of NASCAR season overlaps with the NFL. So yeah. when you already know that Dale Jarrett has 2,000 more points than everybody and nobody's going to catch him, why the fuck are you going to watch right. Martinsville when you can watch the NFL game? Well, so, then they, so then they went to the chase system, which was, like Ryan said, you know, you, you get the points still, but it's purely for seeding. And then the top 12 end up running in a – like everybody runs. You still run 43 cars but only the top 12 can win the championship over the next 10 races. So then they decided that winning is more important than anything. And so now it's a true playoff where you make it to the chase and then you have, I think it's like 12 cars or eight cars or whatever. And they run two races and whoever does the best, whoever the top eight are of those two races, everybody else is eliminated. And then they race two more races and then whoever you know is a top four gets stay, and the other four get eliminated. And so now, which is stupid, because with auto racing, there's so much that can go into it that can mess you up. You know, I mean, your car, you know, engine blow up. That's nothing you can control. You can't. To me, it's stupid. Yeah, you to can base ha- everything you can have on trash. One race. You can have trash on the track that just plugs the grill that overheats the right. motor, or somebody you can, can wreck a, you. Yeah, you can have a pit crew guy that gets his fucking lug wrench stuck on right. the fucking tire of the car, and you. Right. It's a lot like can't. baseball. It's the stupidest thing they ever did in baseball was they switched to having the the wild card games be a one game play play in game, mm-hmm. and with baseball you can't like one game doesn't mean anything because what if what if your ace pitched the night before last because you had to you had to win that game just to make the playoff and now you've got your you know number five pitcher going in to try to win a win or go home game win or go home don't mean shit in baseball that's why you play series that's why there's 152 games or whatever it is like it. I don't know. It's irritating to me because one game or one race or whatever, you, it's not like football. You know, it's not like it should be over the whole course of of of. It should be an average or something. I don't know. It yeah, you can't. Well, you can't play a series in football. It's just too brutal. Right. It's too. Game. It's too demanding. It. it yeah. It, people would be killed. So football yeah. and football works that way. Like it's it's okay. We can play one game. We understand. But like baseball, one game don't mean shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. See, NASCAR, I've always said, like, because its roots came from moonshining. Right. So why don't they just fucking, you build a moonshiner car and you put a case of whiskey in the back and you go down an old dirt country road and we have a cop car chase you that's trying to run you off the road or do a pit maneuver 
And then if you make it to the end of the track, they just count the number of unbroken whiskey bottles in the back of the car, <laughs> and you get like you get like a time penalty for every broken one, and they just I do love that it. like time trials. That, that that could be a new sport. Let's I got nothing it. against what that. The, like like they, that man. What was it? You ever heard of the Gambler Five Hundred? Uh, no. So the Gambler Five Hundred is a race that. It's a 500-mile race, but it's also a $500 max you could spend on your car, like buying That is oh, awesome. We, yeah, well, we ha- we have that. Like, they kind of do that here at the, the – we have this little dirt track, Paragon Speedway, mm-hmm. and, and they do that kind of shit there. The craziest race I've ever – you can go back to the gambler thing here in a minute, but the craziest race I ever see is they do a figure eight race, which figure eight racing is fucking danger- dangerous as fuck. <laughs> But when they do the figure eight race where you have to tow a camper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got the camper races and then you've got the, the school bus races, too. Yeah. If you ever come up here, Jake, if it's during the season, we'll go down here to the local dirt track. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, it is like you have to people watch. You'll fit in. If like some if like Tim or Michael came up here, uh, we'd have to like give them the rules to like sort of fit in. So, you yeah, get, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean we've got we've got a dirt track in town. We got an eight an eight mile uh, drag strip growing up, and then of course we had tractor and truck pulls all the time. So, oh yeah, this looks hilarious like cannonball run, but with like bootleg cars. It's pretty hilarious. It's like it's not like five hundred miles on a track. It's five hundred miles off road. It's like That's uh, awesome. like Baja five hundred style. Like you spend five hundred dollars on a car. I saw a five hundred dollar ambulance. They called the the ambulance, <laughs> and like. I would think so. I'm trying to think the most diehard motors that I can think of is a, um, an, an old, like an old inline six. That's what I was about to say. I'd say if I was going to run it, I'd, I used to have a Ford F 250 with a 300 straight six and a granny low four speed. Yeah. That's exactly what I'd take. But I don't know what it is about those Ford 300 six cylinders, but they're the only motor I know of that the oil pan will rust from the inside out while sitting in oil. What is the fucking. I don't know. I can tell you this about my old 300 straight six, though. That when I was in college, I had that truck, and it was a single cab, long bed, two wheel drive F250. It was the most useless, like worthless piece of shit. You couldn't tow anything because the the motor didn't have enough power. Those 300 straight sixes just didn't. But they would run. They would run forever, and it was two wheel drive, but it was long wheelbase, and so it would get stuck in places because it was so fucking long and it had no weight over the rear end, but it didn't have four wheel drive. But uh, but it was cheap. And I needed a truck, so. But I, uh, I ended up. I mean, I was poor. But knobby tires on the back of your two wheel drive. We call those right, Paragon. That, cru- we right, call that's those exactly Paragon, what you do. Yeah, Paragon cruisers is what we call that. There's a like a little hillbilly town called Paragon that like yeah. 500 people live in. And anytime you see a truck with just knobby tires on the back, that's it. Mud tires two- on the back and then street <laughs> tires on the front because it's two wheel drive. <laughs> Paragon <laughs> cruisers. <laughs> but but my truck. Now it got, it was the only thing that I've ever driven where literally when you drove it on the interstate, you could watch the gas gauge move. That's no exaggeration. That's no, you could literally watch when I went home, I would drive up the mountain and I could watch the gas gauge move. It got seven miles to the gallon in town. It got four miles to the gallon on the interstate. What the fuck? Why? Well, because it had that granny low four speed. So really it's uh-huh. a true, truly it's a three speed because low gear was just like, I was, probably, I, I, it was probably designed just to be a farm truck. You probably weren't I, even really supposed to drive it on the road. No, that's. I used to tell everybody. I said, I, I promise you, I can, I can beat anybody off the jump because that some bitch man, you put the pedal to the floor and then drop the clutch in that in that low gear. 
man, she would, <laughs> she'd take off like a fucking bat out of hell, but then she ran out of steam. <laughs> but I ran out of money because I was a fucking poor college kid and it burned oil. The guy who had it before me rebuilt the motor, but he didn't line. He lined the, uh, the oil rings up to where the gaps, I don't know what he did, but I th- what I think he did was he lined the gaps up in the oil rings to where they were together. So it would, it burnt a lot of oil. Right. I mean, it blew. It it blew. Ultimatum, put one right. on one side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it blew just blue smoke every time you push the gas. And I was putting a quart of oil in it every time I put gas in it. Damn. And I was like, you know what? I cannot afford this. Like, literally, I just can't do it. So fuck it. I'm going to drive it till it falls apart. I drove it for six months without putting oil in it. And it never missed a beat. Like six months later, I pulled the dipstick out. There was smoke coming out of the dipstick. There was not a drop of oil on the dipstick and it never, never missed a Jeez. beat. Yeah. Did I, t- did I ever tell the story on here about my, uh, well, the there's a Chevy motor that's like that the 3800 series motor, like it's yeah. just a, those fucking things are the most diehard thing ever. I don't know if I told this story before. Dude, they're tough. I've, I used to I've, have, I understand. Yeah, I used to have this old shitty Buick that burnt down in my driveway when I was building this house that I live in now. Yeah, I like would throw like it was this just piece of shit car I bought off my friend's mom because I worked at the power plant and you can't have a nice car there because the fly ash yep. you get on your car and eat the fucking paint off of it and all that. Tear it to so I bought this. Bought this shitty car, and anyway, it got a real bad uh, leak in it somehow, and I drove here to the house one day to hang insulation when they were building this house to save myself some money. So I got some of my tools out and brought it inside, and I come back out, and the car's on fire. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I can see fire coming out from underneath the wheel well. So I'm thinking to myself, well, this isn't bad. It, like At this time, it's like small. Like, if you... It, obviously, you would burn yourself, but you could have taken your two hands and covered the flame. That's how small it was. I could see it right underneath the wheel well. Okay. But think, keep in mind, my house is under construction, and you've seen where my house is at, Michael. I don't have neighbors. Like, my nearest neighbor is like 800 feet away. So I'm like, I'll just get some water. And then I realize, fuck, my house is being built. There's no water connected. <laughs> I'm like, I have no hose. I have no whatever. I have no cup. No nothing. So I'm like, are you shitting me? I'm going to have to call the fucking fire department out here to put this little piece of shit fire out. Oh, fuck. So I get on the phone and I call the fire department. And as I'm talking to them, the fire is spreading in the car while I'm on the phone with them. You can see it getting bigger and bigger. And I have all my tools in the car. I got my chainsaw in there. I got all kinds of shit. So I'm like, I'm like, here's the address. Just make it out here. You know, I'm going to get my stuff out of the car. So I hang up, get all the shit out of the car and the car's burning. By the time the fire department gets there, it's a blade, like, it's an inferno. The whole car's, like, straight engulfed in flame. Okay. So, while it's burning, it starts running. The starter wires had melded and crossed, <laughs> and it started. <laughs> so, the firemen are trying to put the fire out. They have the door open, the driver's side door, and they're trying to cut the power to the battery and shit, but they can't get the hood open because the hood latch, the wire, the plastic cable... And all that is melted. They can't get it open. So they're trying to pry the hood up on this thing to spray under the hood. And it starts. And they all jump back. And they're like looking at me like I had remote start on it. And I'm like, look at that piece of shit. There's no <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, you think I got a remote so, start So he goes, he goes, is that thing running? And I hold up the keys. And it starts running. And the oil in the oil pan is on fire. And it's spewing just the blackest smoke ever. Because it's burning <laughs> oil. So fire... Dripping oily fire is coming out of the exhaust while it sits there running, and it ran for like six minutes in a blazing inferno. That's all the oil in the oil pans burning until it stopped running. And then they finally they finally get it put out and leave, and it's just sit there. It's like this charred husk, 
And while this is going on, my house hadn't been bricked yet. So the brick crew shows up and it's like 20 Mexicans are this <laughs> are in this brick crew. So they come walking up, walking down the driveway. They wait for all the police and everything to leave. They've been like backing up. They didn't park in they didn't pull in the driveway while all the <laughs> they were there. They were just lining up down the road. Yeah. So finally the fucking fire department, all that leaves, and here they all come pulling in the driveway. And they get out and they're speaking Spanish, which I don't speak. So they're pointing at me and pointing at the car and laughing. I know they're making fun of me, which is fine. I'd make fun of me too. And then the one guy starts yelling, fuego, fuego, you know, fire, fire. Yeah. And he's running around acting like he's on fire, like fucking laughing. And all the guys are laughing. I was so embarrassed. It was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> then they asked you, hey, you want to sell it? <laughs> like, how much well, that's you want? what the guy, the crew leader guy said. The crew leader guy that spoke English was like, hey, one of my guys will haul this off. You know, if you want. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I need to call my insurance and have it canceled and all that. The craziest thing was I called and told him to cancel the insurance. And she goes, do you want to file a claim? And I said, well, it burnt down. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just had PLPD on it. And she goes, well, let me look. And she goes, no, you had full coverage. Oh, shit. So they gave me like $2,800 for a car that I paid paid $1,000 for it, drove it four years, and then it burnt down in the driveway and I got $2,800 for it. That's a pretty good investment. That sounds like the best story. I've ever heard. <laughs> it was it was pretty it was pretty funny. So for a while, so for Christmas that year, two different people gave me fire extinguishers for Christmas. <laughs> Brutal, dude. Yeah, that thirty eight hundred was no joke. Buddy, of mine had a Pontiac Bonneville that he drove for years and years and years with that thing. I mean, it just never quit. <laughs> yep. Ugh. That's fucking badass, dude. <laughs> That's a crazy ass story, too. <laughs> I may have told it on here once before, but I don't. I don't know if I did. I love it. I don't recall any story about a fucking <laughs> car burning down. I got car pictures burning. of it somewhere. It's this white Buick with just that's engulfed in flame. I took a picture of it while it was burning, and I got another picture of it with the fire department putting it out. Dude, that that little motor. They. Uh, I actually watched a guy. He he took a uh, a Pontiac Fiero. Yep. And put that thirty eight hundred in it, but got the. Uh, what was it? Yeah, it was like a. It was either I guess a Grand Prix. They put a little supercharger on it. Did it in the Bonneville SSEI. They did it in yeah. the Buick, a Buick Riviera, and they did it in. Um, I think they like you said they did it in a Grand Am one year, or no, yeah. it was a G, a Pontiac GT. Yeah, it was the, like a G, GTP or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But he took that motor and put it in that little Fiero. Yeah, and he's got videos of him on the internet, and he had, hadn't done anything to it. Just put the put the motor in there and just. And that car doesn't weigh anything. I mean, he's blowing away like Mustangs, Camaros, Corvettes, just because he weighs like a thousand pounds with a supercharged 3.8 liter V6. Right. <laughs> and it's the goofiest sounding thing, but, and it doesn't spin. It doesn't do anything. Like as soon as like somebody says go, it just fucking launches like a rocket. It's a engine car. <laughs> yeah. So all that weight sitting right on the rear axle. Yeah. It's awesome. It's fucking badass, dude. Well, Michael, you ready to wrap, maybe wrap this up so we can record the end of our episode? I guess we have to, man. <laughs> My wife's going to be pissed. I've been down here. I think we've recorded like nine hours of podcast today. <laughs> well, we started at nine this morning, and it's or 10 this morning, and it's 10 o'clock right now. So, yeah. Oh, shit, it's 11, <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we've been at it for a minute. So, Jake, man, I appreciate you coming on. You want to give a shout-out to the uh, Coming to the Fire podcast? Yeah, check us out. Um, 
we're on iTunes, Kevin and a Fire. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, just search Kevin and a Fire. I think it's COF Podcast. Uh, we got a Twitter. We're not real active on it. I guess <laughs> I, I'm saying I'm using like the Royal We. It's really just me and then whoever I find that wants to record with me on any given day. I always, uh, I always like that you say we, though. Like, it's one of my favorite yeah. things. Like, like, every time, every time, even on your podcast, you're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do this. We're going to go to this event. I'm like, what? The, like, who is it? Who else is there? I just like to speak for all of us, you know, and then just like, like I speak for me and then I just assume there's going to be somebody that does stuff with me. So <laughs> I just go ahead and preface that. But uh, yeah, we've got episode four out now. Uh, we'll be recording episode five probably within the next, hopefully in the next week or so before I get moved. Um, and everything's good, so we try to keep everything low key. So hopefully, you can make it up here for my May thirteenth event. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's the plan. My uh, my wife said something about that being Mother's Day weekend, but I think I can still go. I don't think it's an issue. <laughs> bring, bring her. The event's only one day. She can find something to do for a day, and then we can do things together. Meh. Fuck yeah, boys. We're not just saying that's an option. Hmm. Yeah, that's the plan. We're supposed to be coming. Right now, I've got me and two other guys. I think that are going to come. So cool. That's uh, that's what we're working towards and working for. So, well, as soon I'll... as as soon as we get through Adepticon, I'll uh, I'll write the missions and all that and get the mission pack. It'll only take me a week. I just don't have time to write it right now. So I'm waiting. As soon as I finish this Black Shield army, really, I can I can write all. <laughs> I mean, I know it's going to be fifteen hundred points per player, and I know the date. And I already have all the terrain built and all that shit. It's really, literally just like details. So, you got, it. you got it, Ryan. Can I run? Uh, can I run Vulcan and Ferris in like a super unit? We joked about that. We were going to do that <laughs> at our local event. We were going to call the list Hammer Time and run them both together. I love it, but no, we. Uh, it's uh, there's no because it's fifteen hundred points. There's no Lords of War, and we're not going to allow Primarchs chosen. So no, sorry. That's okay. Fuck your fun time, boys. <laughs> Damn. Well, all right, man. We appreciate you having coming on, Jake. Last minute. Hey, thanks too. for having me. I had, yes. had, it's funny because like I was I was sitting there, you know, getting everything packed, and my wife went to bed early because she was tired, and I was like, I almost just posted something up like, hey, if anybody wants to podcast about anything random, I've got nothing to do for the next. Like my kid is staying the night at grandparents, wife's in bed. It's like it's just gonna be me staring at either watching Netflix or podcast, and then I flipped up my phone and it was like, "Hey, does anybody want to break the glass?" I'm like, "I don't know what breaking the glass is, but I have plenty of time." <laughs> is that something? <laughs> is that some Jewish stuff? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Somebody, some Jewish guys getting married. <laughs> but no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I had fun. Fuck yeah! Anytime, dude. man. We'll catch you later. We, we need to get you. We need to get you on a normal episode so we can talk about Vulcan's hammer not being mastercrafted. I will bitch for three hours about it. Uh, you get ten minutes. I get Michael gives me the timer now. When I do a rant, <laughs> we know I'm on a rant. He times me, and at the end, when the timer goes off, it plays the uh, Oscar music, the Oscar get the fuck off the stage music. <laughs> yep. So that's the same treatment you get. I love it. I'm good with it. I, I can I can compact it all into ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a very passionate ten minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. All right. Well, take Jake. All right, we'll see you guys. Later. Later. Okay, guys. Well, uh, that's the end of this uh, Break the Glass episode. I hope you liked it. And we talked about some silly shit and entertained you guys. So 
Uh, we're going to get back to uh, recording our normal episode now as my wife has made it back and I have my phone. So uh, talk to you guys over on the other episode. Bye. Later, guys.